What do you say, everybody? I'm Mick Gillespie, and it's time to talk a little bit of Alabama football on our Bama Insider channels. I've got to fix my hair here. I don't know what happened. But look, man, it's great to have you guys, besides my hair falling down. And uh, let's talk about this game, Alabama, LSU. They uh, played yesterday. We finally know all about how this thing was going to end up. We figured it was going to be a route, and it certainly was. Ed Orgeron, a meltdown on the sideline. Nick Saban, cool, calm, and collected, feeling good about himself and this Crimson Tide team. And, and these guys are on an incredible run right now when you talk about just everything going on. You're watching us on the Bama Insider YouTube channel, and we appreciate all of you guys who are with us tonight. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up. We're going to take your calls at 205-850-0883. Bama Insider, of course, is the Alabama rival site. And um, look, man, as you guys watch, wherever you watch tonight, I want to hear from you. Let's talk about what's going on in college football with Alabama. I mean, there's a there's a, a lot to talk about because here we are, you know, kind of closing in on the, the this season. And, and let me pull up this graphic for you right here. And, and you can see from the graphic that Alabama is just playing some really, really great football. You know, um, they took care of business yesterday, uh, a 55, 55 point scoring barrage on the LSU Tigers. Uh, the most points in the history of Alabama and LSU that's ever been scored in um, this rivalry. And so, I mean, you're talking about a ton of points. You're talking about, you know, a program that won the national championship last year. I'm wondering, and, and maybe one of you guys knows, is that the most points that a defending national champ has ever allowed? I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, like, but look, Bama going into Arkansas, a 31-point favorite, they're riding a 12-game win streak. Obviously, you can read the graphic, but Saban is 13-0 versus Arkansas. That even includes his first year in Tuscaloosa when he didn't have a very good team. They had Felix Jones and Derek McFadden, and um, and that was like a crazy game. But uh, somehow Alabama ended up um, winning the football game. But let's go to the phone lines, and right away we're going to bring in a guy who knows all about Alabama football, Chad from Nashville, Franklin County. Or is it uh, Franklin the city, Chad? What's up, man? Roll Tide. Well, yeah. Roll Tide, Mick. It's, uh, it's Williamson County. Franklin's okay. the city. Okay. But, but Williamson County, yeah, there is a Franklin County. I don't know what's there, but there is a Franklin County, Tennessee. Somewhere out there. I have no idea what's there. Yeah, yeah, well – uh, you going into the, the game against LSU, you know, there was, uh, a lot of hype around this game. You know, there was, uh, LSU won the national championship last year. I'm sure you saw that. And their coach made a lot of big comments and I, I felt like Nick Saban kind of put everyone in their place. Did you know that Alabama scored touchdowns on their first five possessions? Uh, yeah, I think I, I did <laughs> notice. I, I, I knew that they scored. What was it? I made the joke to someone that the only way that uh, you could prevent Alabama from scoring tonight was to punt, punt the ball to them with only five seconds left in the half. And, and let's be honest, even then they could have probably thrown something to Devontae and scored if they really wanted to. Oh, no doubt, uh, man. But, yeah. You know what was weird last night? Um, 
it was, it was two things came to mind. One, if Nick Saban didn't run the score up last night, he's never going to run the score up. Yeah, last night was the only time I was like, well, Nick's not one of those guys. He doesn't run the score up on opponents. Uh, if he was ever going to do it, last night was the time, and he didn't. So I think that just confirms he'll never do it. Uh, the other thing, though, is I've never really heard uh, Saban talk in, in his own way. He, he talked trash yesterday and, and Friday with some of his quotes and everything uh, from the weekend. And I thought that was kind of unique because you never really hear him making those types of comments. Right. Like when he said that we don't really have a lot of revenge games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when he talked about how LSU uh, had a lot of confidence because they won at our place last year. And so he needed to make sure that they understood that they, they don't have that confidence or make sure they don't have that confidence going forward. Uh, you know, a couple of those were, were pretty hilarious. What'd you think about the game? I mean, I, I can't remember Alabama being this type of team where the offense is just amazing and the defense, you know, just kind of hangs around. It used to be the opposite. Like the offense used to hang around and this and they won championships with defense. This offense is just absolutely dynamite, uh, even without Jalen Waddle. Yeah, it used to be you know, it really wasn't even that long ago. Ten, twelve years ago, Alabama would win games twenty-four to three, uh, you know, thirty-one to ten, kind of stuff. And uh, like we would uh, always talk about, they they give them the medicine. Oh yeah, fifteen play, nine-minute drive, right? Beat you up, wear you down. The elixir. Um, I used to call that the elixir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it is. It's just, it's inverted today because now, now you're scoring. They're not even trying to go deep every play and they're still scoring in five plays because the deep threat is so open that it allows Najee to, to basically do his thing. And he's so hard to bring down. He's running in chunks, eight, 10, 15, 20 yards at a time. And next thing you know, five plays later, they're in the end zone. So it, it is a little different. And I think you just have to expect that from defense. Like and the the game is so different from 10, 12 years ago that now if a defense holds people to 17 to 24 points, that's almost a top tier defense. And those guys, you got to remember too, those guys are tired. Hey, you, you hang out on the field and if the other team goes six, seven, eight plays but doesn't score, your offense comes out. Three plays later, Mac Jones has hit Smitty for 80 yards, and defense is right back out on the field. So they almost don't get a break because of how good the offense is. Right. Talking to Chad from Nashville, phone lines are open as you listen to our Sunday night show. I'm Mick Gillespie, Bama Insider, the YouTube channel, 205-850-0883. Chad, I was surprised coming into this season just how good Mac Jones uh, has been. I didn't think he was going to be this type of player. But now I'm looking at Devontae and I'm going, okay, if Smitty is they're going to they're going to take votes from each other for this Heisman. I think Smitty's the best receiver in the country. And honestly, I think I wouldn't trade Mac for anyone. Yeah, I texted somebody last night and I didn't know if it was a hot take or not. But if you knew last year that let's just say that the slate is clean and you know everything there is to know about Mac and about Tua. Which one do you take? 
Easy. I take two, it, but not anymore, right? Well, well, that's what I mean. Last year you would have because you didn't know about Mac. So I'm saying like fresh start, season's opening. You know exactly what Mac is. You know exactly what Tua is. You've seen them both play. Which one would you take? Right. And, and it's it's a much harder question. I would actually take Mac. And right. only because of his durability. I mean, that, that's really it. Well, the other uh, thing, too, well, hold accurate, on. Well, hold on. Yeah, but hold on there. It's not just because of his durability. It's also Mac's ability to not try to create too much, like not try to stretch a play out and end up, you know, taking a huge risk that you don't have to. Like, I felt like those were the two the, that I feel like that's the thing with Mac Jones that separates him from Tua. Tua is a dynamic talent. Look, he's one of the best I've ever seen. But Mac has this ability to say, you know what? It's just not there and get rid of it. And Tua didn't. You know, they're both amazing, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's it's not to start a debate or this, like, bitterness between the two. Alabama is so fortunate to have both of them come through the program. Like, they, anybody would give their left arm for either quarterback. Uh, they're that good. It's almost just more of a fun argument to have uh, because Tua is going to go down with all the records ever at, at Alabama, plus, of course, the second and 26. Right. But when you watch Mac in this year and 10 conference games, he's played nine of them, and the numbers he's putting up, and he's barely playing in the fourth quarter in all these games. I mean, Ole Miss was the game he went deepest, right? I mean, that was the latest he played all year. He played the full game. Bryce didn't right. come in. And, and he's – He's not, I mean, Tua, same thing. He was out in the fourth quarter most of the time as well. But Mac's doing it on an abbreviated schedule and in a weird year. Yeah. And technically, Tua had more weapons. Yep. I mean, you know, Tua had Judy. He had Ruggs. Um, so he, he had a little bit more. Um, but like I said, it, it's six to one half dozen the other. It's just more of a fun argument to have. Well, before I let you go, what do you think about next week and then, you know, the SEC championship game? I mean, just in general, how do you feel about this team right now? I don't think there's anybody that can play with them right now. Uh, I really don't. After the Ole Miss game, I was wondering if Alabama would even make the playoff because um, you had Georgia the following week. And, yeah, you could lose to them, but then you, you have to – you can't slip up the rest of the year, including the SEC title. Um, and even if you made it, you know, Bama looked so bad on defense against Ole Miss that you wonder if they're ever going to even be able to compete against Ohio State or Clemson or, you know, something like that. But uh, now uh, I probably feel more confident in this team than uh, I probably have ever before going into late in the season like this. I, I would say, you know, I think it's annoying, to be honest with you. The SEC did everything right. They were kind of the leader in this whole pandemic. Everybody wanted to cancel college football. The SEC and the ACC said, hold up, we're not canceling. Um, the Big 12 then jumped on that. Big 10, Pac-12 canceled. And now look at what they're having to do. Pac-12 is not going to get anybody in. And the Big 10 scrambling trying to figure out how to make Ohio State a playoff team. They're working uh, hard on at that. the 11th hour. True. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like it's the SEC and ACC did everything right. Um, the Big 12 isn't very good this year, but the Big Ten's trying to figure out a workaround at the very end. So as far as next week, I mean, I just hope for no injuries. And I think it'll suck if Bama plays a bunch of games and they end up with an injury in the final game of the year, you know, which 
nobody else is having to play 10 games, really. Um, or I'd say that back, Big Ten's not. But Bama will win that game easy. Uh, the Florida game's interesting because Florida will score. Um, but I expect Bama actually to go kind of old school a little bit. Like, they're, they're going to score. Bama can't help but score. Right. But I think they're going to c- try to control things a little bit more. Um, with a little more of the ground game, eat the clock up, keep Kyle Trask on the sideline, not be in much of a hurry. Uh, I see Bama scoring in the 40s because Florida can't stop Bama. Bama will get more stops and they'll win. So I, I see something like a like a 48-31 kind of ball game. Oh, nice. In that one. Yeah, uh, let's hope. Probably high scoring. Yeah, and then the playoffs, Bama's the team to beat. I mean, you get there, all those teams are good, but – I'd love to play Notre Dame first. I think they're the most vulnerable, but Bama could beat any of them. Right. Well, Chad, thanks for calling, man. Have a have a great night, and roll tide, my friend. Roll tide. Thanks for having me. See you, mate. It's uh, Chad Anderson. He's one of the best right there. Longtime radio guy himself. Look, if you guys are online right now, holding, hold. I'm going to get to you. I got Jeff coming up, Robert. I got another call after that. So hang on with us as we talk Alabama football. If you want to get in on the conversation, now's a good time to do it at 205-850-0883. We're talking Alabama. You want to get into LSU. You want to talk Arkansas. You can talk Florida as well. I don't think it's rat poison just because, look, the game's scheduled. We know it's coming. There's just so much to talk about. Jeff from Selma, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. We we uh <laughs> we put on a show last night for all to see. Uh, Bama made a statement last night for everybody to watch, and they can say it's LSU all they want to, but they put on more they put up more points against LSU than they have in any game against them. I mean, what was the spread? 24, 20, or what was it, 29.5? But they covered that by, what, seven, eight points, something like that? It didn't matter. I mean, I, they would have kept scoring. They were going to cover this yeah. spread last night. The only reason they didn't go over 55 points is because Nick Saban said, look, we understand what, what, uh, <clears throat> what Mushmouth did last year. <laughs> we understand that. But he's going to learn, and he's already learned. I mean, look, he, he broke his headset because Devontae Smith got – Two touchdowns, and then he got another one, that amazing catch where he just caught it with one hand and folded it up and just kind of like fell back. That was, wow. I had never seen a, a, a running a wide receiver do that. Never. It's called high-pointing. He high-pointed it, yeah. Like, De- Devontae. Um... He, he, he pushed Stingley off of him, and then he was like, he pushed him off of him, and he's like, I got the ball. Thank you. You're no, you don't need, you know, you just need to go somewhere else. Because Stingley couldn't do anything with them. Yeah, I mean, like they—they—they're putting their best guy on Smitty. I felt like when Alabama had those four receivers last year, that Smitty was the guy that kind of was overlooked. You know, I mean, even though he had the catch uh, for the national championship game victory, and even though we knew he was a great receiver, I always felt like it was Ruggs, Judy, Waddle, and then Smitty. I don't know why. I just that's the way that I would have handicapped it. Uh, he's proving that this guy's a star, man. I mean, like the oh yeah, the fact that they're having to really utilize him because of Waddle's injury a lot more has just proven that this guy can do it. Like he has stepped up. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 really been phenomenal uh, to watch how good this guy can play. But but the the the, the real thing, the real deal. 
the offensive line. Man, they I counted ten seconds they held the line for Mac to throw the ball. Ten seconds. That I mean, what was a uh, uh, Burrow was getting what six to eight seconds? Ten seconds. You got ten seconds to throw the ball in college football. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's another part of this. I'm gonna throw a stat, uh, uh, one of these little stat cards up here. Um, <laughs> you know, Bama's pass rush was getting back there and really causing a lot of havoc in the backfield for uh, LSU once they started putting on the pressure. And then Mac Jones is just able to just sit back there and he's got all day to uh, to throw the football, you know, and and, and it's this yeah. offensive line is as good of an offensive line as Alabama's had. I got it. I mean, I, I'm oh, trying yeah. to figure out which one's better. Uh, I, I don't think there is one. There might be some that are as good, but these guys, they, they make it. They're like umpires in baseball. When you do a great job on the offensive line, people really don't even notice you. No, they don't. But we are noticing. And and to the offensive line, if they're listening, if, if they watch this show or anything or anything, y'all are killing it right now. Keep doing what you're doing because you are the backbone of this team right now. Smitty wouldn't be able to do anything right now without the offensive line. Matt Jones wouldn't be able to throw the ball without the offensive line. And Najee wouldn't be able to run without the, uh, without the line. So big props to the line and and we just we just gonna keep rolling that's all well jeff i appreciate you calling man and, and what a great win for alabama oh, can, I, can, I, can i say one more thing yeah yeah i'm go sorry ahead. no go ahead i gotta i gotta lay into these florida fans i'm sorry are these florida but everybody knows we're going to the sec it's a guaranteed thing we're going that's it nobody's gonna stop us when we get there I already had a Florida fan to tell me he got straight out told me that Grantham was the problem on defensive on defensive struggles. If, like I said, if they come out slow against us, like they did against Tennessee, like they did did against Kentucky, mm-hmm. and like they did against Sandy, um, they're going to get scraped. Kyle Trask is a like I said, I keep saying this. Kyle Trask is a really good quarterback. But I don't think he can hang four quarters with Alabama. I'm sorry. I think our defense was 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 getting uh was getting back to was getting to Stingley when excuse me uh to Finley and dropping him. And and um, I know Finley is not nowhere near Kyle Trask. So I understand that, but it's the same scheme. It's the same way. Alabama's gonna do the same thing they've been doing. They adjust and they keep going. And that's it. So y'all have a good. Roll Tide, I'm out. I'm, I'm ready for the Arkansas game. I'm ready for this SEC championship game. And I'm ready to go take this trophy home back to, 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 to uh, Brian Denny because that's where it belongs. Get that 18th championship. Get Nick Saban, the GOAT, the man, the best coach ever on top of that. That's it. That's all. So y'all have a good night. And uh, you, you too, Nick. Uh, Mick, and um, just, yeah, I'm ready for the game. Hey, Roll Tide, I love, Jeff. I love yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Roll tie, y'all take it easy. Jeff's ready to go. Hey, if you guys want to call in, would love to hear from you. We're talking football tonight on a Sunday. Alabama coming off of a 55-17 win over LSU. They got Arkansas, they got Florida, and really just trying to get into that college football playoff with some momentum. Let's talk with Robert from Mobile. What's up, man? Roll tide. 
Hey, man, what's going on? I'm pretty happy. Hey, uh, I was worried about one key injury uh, that Ted Key injury almost suffered yesterday and that during that game. Uh, I'm not talking about Najee. I'm talking about Eli Gold. You know, he had to say touchdown Alabama so many times. But <laughs> one of those crazy going to get hoarse after there after a while. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to do any more games. <laughs> you know, after about the what the fifth touchdown, I'm like, man, ooh, would Eli make it? That's a lot of touchdown Alabama's there in one half. <laughs> yeah, he, he is getting up there in years, too. I mean, you, you make him work that hard. Uh, they scored five touchdowns on their first five possessions, which was really something, I mean, to, to behold in itself. Uh, absolutely. And, the, um, and again, Coach O, it's like, seriously, man, you act like you beat us last year when we just beat you yesterday <laughs> when you're talking all that noise. It was like, dude, you didn't know who you thought you were talking to. You thought you were talking to Vanderbilt or South Carolina? <laughs> some team you're not going to play every year or some team that you are obviously some more superior than? You own, you, you say you own Alabama? You did that's your house? So now we owe him a second butt whooping because, okay, we this first butt whooping with the show that you don't own us. <laughs> Next I'm sure you don't own us. And the second butt whooping is to reclaim our house back that you claim you took from us. So next year he got another one coming to him as a result. Uh, now you got to, according to you, uh, Coach O, we got to get our house back. He took it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, somebody was threw up a stat yesterday, like, and it's like, I think Alabama's lost like less than ten times since 1969 down there. You know, and like they and they're on another long winning streak in Baton Rouge. But with uh, Nick Saban's talked about winning with class after the game last night, and I knew that was a, just a, like Chad, our first caller, was talking about it. He doesn't talk a lot of of smack Nick Saban, and he's he's really gentle about it. But he was talking about winning with class, and I know it was directed at LSU because they didn't win with class last year. You know, they didn't win with humility. Like they they rubbed it in Alabama's face. And they paid a mighty price for it. And honestly, Nick Saban could have he could he instead of trying to take the air out of the football in the second half, he could have poured it on. But I think he has too much respect for the game and the players to do that on both sides. Right, and a definite respect respect for Coach Ogeron. I don't think he has much respect for him at all. If you get the truth be told, especially again after what you did, though you did last year, I. I because I mean that was just uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, going to the game though, the the guys were the offense was just in complete total beast mode yesterday. The, the big three: Devontae, uh, Najee, and Mac Jones. Uh, they they just they were clicking on all cylinders yesterday. You know, they could do not they almost could do no wrong <laughs> among the, the that big though that big three. And it's like you said about the Heisman. It's it, it's an embarrassment of riches. You almost, you, you almost want to send all three of them up there. And, but again, you just split all the votes off and then uh, Trask just walks into the Heisman chair, to the Heisman trophy. But the, the offense is just that stellar. And the defense did, you know, the, the defense did a pretty good, a good job. You know, it wasn't the eight plus, you know, it was in the eight job because of the couple of uh, missed assignments. But it was a solid B, which is all this offense needs. It's just a steady, solid B plus against all the competition uh, effort by the defense. Okay, and like Nick Saban said, gone are the days when you shut teams out uh, on a routine basis. Right. If you get a decent team seven, under 21 points, 17 points, you did your job. The elite teams, if you keep the elite teams under 30 points, 
the defense is, I mean, that's, that's the best defense going to do. You know, get the Clemson's and the Florida's and the teams like that. Keep the elite teams under 30. Keep the average mediocre teams under 21. Right. And that's the defense doing its job in this day and age. It would be great if it was perfect. It would be great if it just shut teams out. But those days are, are over. We all the targeting calls we saw on the field yesterday. Those days are over. And now, okay, that's fine. Nick Saban has made the adjustment. And he, and so we don't have to get up. We don't have to shut teams out like we used to. Uh, the one year we previous caller mentioned about between Tua and Mac Jones. I'm sure he was meaning Tua of, you know, in his prime of last year, Mac Jones of this year, because Mac Jones last year, no, against Tua last year, no. This was obviously Tua. Mac Jones this year or, or, or Tua, hey, I'm glad we the other caller. I've got to go with Mac Jones for the simple fact he's going to play the entire season and he stays upright and he stays in the, and he, he plays the whole game. He's he not has been shown so to be injury prone and we get the same number of touchdowns and the same number of productivity. So for that reason alone, I would go with Mac Jones. If we had this year's Mac Jones last year, and for the simple reason, he would have played all, all the games with the one national championship and LSU probably, she doesn't beat us, but you know, that's how to go, how it goes. And, uh, Real quick, Devontae Smith is, I get the guy showing himself to not even be human anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, it's just, he's, he's exceeded uh, great. He's going up to superhuman now. He just, uh, he's just always open. And like other people said, it's not as if he snuck, he's sneaking up on you and you didn't know you had to defend him. Right. It's just he finds ways to get open. Right. But they're trying to double team him with Stingley and whoever else. And I mean, it was just like watching, like he just burnt them all up like toast, you know. And and I and I and I think Stingley's a really good defender, um, but th- it'll be good for LSU for some of these guys to graduate, and um, you know, and, and they don't have to play him again. I mean, they they couldn't stop they couldn't stop Smitty last year, they couldn't stop Najee last year, they couldn't stop him this year. The difference is, is that. Uh, they didn't have the offense to kind of keep up, you know. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the, the defense to to allow their offense to keep up. But I, I'm I got to tell you this, man. Like I've been like, okay, you know, Mac Jones for Heisman or whatever. I'm starting to think maybe Smitty for Heisman. I mean, and that's not taking anything away from Mac. He makes Mac look great. You know, Mac throws the ball and right. and he he's got amazing touch and everything else. But how many of these passes is he's just like flipping out? to Smitty, you know, five, six yards, and Smitty just toasts, you know, the guys like Stingley and and just takes it to the house on him. And, you know, like, you could put the best defenders up against Smitty, and he's – and that was the question when Waddle went down. Like, okay, well, you know, the, now they're going to be able to key on Smitty because Alabama doesn't have the other guy. No, Mench, he's good. Um, you know, we're still trying to get Bolden up to, to standard. I mean, he's had some fumble problems uh, and some drops. I want to see Baker some. Haven't seen a lot of him. Billingsley, you know, kind of from that tight end spot's been, you know, a guy who's who's helping out. We've seen a lot of Naze, uh, Najee Harris. But Smitty, to me, is, has been the, the difference maker, you know. And I, every time he's back fielding punts, I'm like, man, get this guy off the field, please. Put him on the side. Don't get this guy hurt. I did hear, I hear well, heard one commentator say, you know, every time Smitty gets on the field, he's the best player on the field and against or with, with anybody on the, on the team. And that would include, include the Trevor Lawrence's and the, uh, the uh, 
Trask. It's with you know Smith, Devontae Smith's the best player on the on the field. But unfortunately, the Heisman has just become running back, uh, quarterback. If you're not a running back or a quarterback, you don't win. Man, that's just highly, highly unfortunate. The biggest thing that uh, makes Alabama the best team in college football is uh, is uh, Najee Harris. He is a beast mode. He's the best running back in college football, and he's in beast mode right now. He's the difference between us having to be able to grind out a game if we have to. We can we are in a position where we can grind out a game the entire game with not with Najee. No other team in college football even comes close to being able to do that. Because, you know, the, where if we had to count to him fifty times, he can take it fifty times. Yeah, that and he's and he is in beast mode right now, and he will give us that advantage down the stretch. And he's such a smart player he's such a smart student uh, he's a student athlete you know when when LSU was was trying to you know get a little chippy in the game you know he's the guy keeping everybody hey look we're we're going we're beating these guys like a drum on the scoreboard uh let's just go back in the huddle because you know their season's over and our season's just beginning you know and it was, i just saw it like I, i'm just watching him and his and his senior leadership and I'm thinking some NFL team's going to be so glad that they have him because not only can he play football, but he's just a natural born leader. Yes. Uh, well, absolutely. He's definitely one of the, uh, the leaders on the team. Uh, and that's the thing with the, you know, the offense. We got a bunch of leaders. Defense is coming along. There's no alpha on defense, you know, no, like, not like the offense where plenty of alphas everywhere, <laughs> but the defense, but the, a lot of these freshmen on defense, Emerges, so they're emerging to be uh, some alphas on that on our defense from following the freshman class. The upper class, not quite so much for the freshman class. Like uh, unfortunately, you know, we wanted to be Dylan Moses. He's good, but he's not the alpha like uh, Mag Jones or Devontae or Dodge is on the on the on the defense. He's not that level, and uh, which we would have we really want him to be that level, but he's just not. You go to we go through too many games and not hear the word name Dylan Moses being called enough in a game. And that's, especially when you're a linebacker. I mean, that's, that's a problem. That's one of the, the problems on defense. But for once the defense, like I said, last year the defense wasn't good enough to uh, help, you know, to, to, to get the stops when we needed it. This year the defense looks to be good enough. And it would be, it's not great, but it's, but all the offense needs is good enough. And I think we have a good enough defense now to stop the, Trevor Lawrence is in the trash. We'll find out with trash. Oh, real quick, though, uh, definitely next game, we have got to see Bryce Young in early third quarter. I fully expect to see that in this Arkansas game. We go up 30, whether 42, whatever the halftime was uh, against LSU. I, I see, expect to see Mac Jones out early third quarter if we go up that many points again. Yeah. And Bryce Young. See if we can great reps in the next game. Yeah, I hope so, Robert. And I'm I'm gonna let you go roll tide. But I'm gonna say this. All right, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Is that is that I, I'm worried about Bryce Young. I mean, like he has not impressed me when he's come into these football games. And maybe that's like Robert saying, get him in earlier and get him some experience because eventually, you know, we're expecting him to be a guy that can step up and you know and jump in. All right, look, if you guys are waiting, 205-850-0883, we're gonna get to your calls. I've got Jay, I've got Quinn, I've got uh all you guys that are lined up. 
Demetrius, you two, we're going to get to you. So I'm going to go ahead and go right back to the phone line again and, and just remind you guys that we're really appreciative to have you with us on a Sunday night as we talk Alabama football on the Bama Insider YouTube channel. Thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel, whether you're an Alabama fan or an LSU fan. And look, if you're an LSU fan, we're going to give you a hard time. We are going to give you a hard time, but it's out of love, just like you guys did to us last year. <laughs> Arkansas, college football. I saw some Clemson Tigers on. Uh, you guys are all welcome here, and um, we appreciate that you're here with us on a Sunday night. So, Jay from Virginia, what's going on, man? Not too much. How are you doing today, sir? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good after the way things went last night. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I was uh, slightly disappointed. It didn't feel like a beatdown to me. And I guess the issue was I really wanted 65 or points or more. <laughs> 17, I'm okay. I thought, you know, a couple of blown coverages. Okay, we gave them two easy touchdowns. You know, they had to work for the other three. We had the goal on stand. That, that was good. But it just didn't feel like a beat down to me. I guess I was disappointed because I, I really wanted, you know, like I said, 60 points. And when you got 45 at halftime, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, look, we could score three touchdowns easy and that'd get us 66. And so I was like, oh, we got this in the bag, 66 points. I think that's what I was really expecting. I was a little disappointed in that, but I will take the win. I will take the W. I think we set the message anyway. Um, I was expecting a few more points, and I would have liked to see Bry uh, uh, Bryce Young, um, you know, uh, get us to go down the field and get a touchdown or two. I think that'd have been great. Um, and 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 uh, you know, because he played, uh, he played, uh, I guess, most of the last fourth quarter, um, at least the last ten or eleven minutes of it. So he had time. Uh, it would have been nice, but you know, it, it's a uh, it's a good learning experience for those. So I got a number of things I want to uh, talk to you about. One is the Heisman. So I called Kyle a couple weeks ago. I'm just not a Heisman guy. Uh, about I think it's about 20 years ago there was talk of the uh, Heisman Foundation being financially troubled and it might fold and the, the Heisman wouldn't be awarded again. I really wanted that to happen. I can't really stand the Heisman Trophy. Football is a team sport takes 11 guys on the side of football to win. They all got to be working in unison. And it doesn't take but one guy with 11 to miss his assignment or, you know, play the wrong play, and they don't work as a unit. So it, it's, really, it's really an 11-man uh, crew on the field. And if everybody's doing their job, uh, we see that with 55 points being scored in a, in a game, 35 uh, points for the la on the last 22 games or whatever it is. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not a Heisman guy. I, I, I really wish we'd just stop talking about that. Let's concentrate on winning the SEC and then winning that first bowl game and then going and playing and getting all the marbles. Uh, I've been really fortunate in my lifetime. I've only seen Alabama lose once in a championship game. Um, I, I thought I literally would go the whole my whole life without <laughs> one, but you know, hey, look, we may lose another one. I just want us to get back to the game again. Let's yeah. get back to the game and then give it our best shot. Yeah, I was at, so hope, I was at yeah, Tampa. Yeah, hopefully we won't we have any injuries going on that way. Yeah, I was in Tampa when we lost on that pick play. And it's no fun losing, you know? I mean, I, I, I was in um, Pasadena in 09, and, you know, I went to uh, – 
Uh, I'm trying to think of all the different places I saw Alabama play championship games all over the place. Uh, saw them play LSU, went down to Miami, saw that game in Atlanta against Georgia. Um, and I, the only one I didn't go to was the one in California that, that they got blown out by Clemson. But it's no fun losing the championship game. you know. And I, but I feel like this team's different. I think that this team has enough defense to win, and I think they have the type of offense that can, you know, that can change games. Um, Clemson's got a shot to beat them. You know, I'm not sure that Ohio State deserves to make the college football playoff, and it's not their fault. They just haven't played enough games, and I think it's unfair for the teams that have played, uh, you know, more than five games. Now, we'll see. You know, they're going to play this week. They'll win if they do. That'd be six, and then – you know, their conference is terrible. They're going to win the conference championship game against Northwestern. They don't, they could send a third string in and they'll win that. So that's seven. But when you look at the strength of schedule that they've played, it, you might as well put, you know, uh, Coastal Carolina in. I mean, it's not much better than that to me. Uh, if Indiana's your big win, ah, come on, man. You know, LSU, they're terrible, but you put them in that conference and they're probably a bowl team. You know, th- Michigan's bad. Michigan State's bad. Penn State's having the worst season they've ever had. So, uh, so we'll, but we'll see. I mean, look, Ohio State will will we'll definitely challenge uh, in some games. But I, and I'm just kind of curious to see how this thing shakes out because you know you're going to put them in ahead of Texas A&M. Texas A&M's had to go play at Auburn. They had to play Alabama. They beat Florida. Uh, Ohio State doesn't have any of those quality wins. Oh, hundred percent. I. 100%, I- Having having lived uh, seven years or so in um, in the state of Ohio, um, I can't stand Ohio State. Uh, if they never won a number, if they never won another football game again, that'd be one too many um, ever. Period. Um, so that that I hope they don't make. I mean, if they make it, they make it. But like you, they're they're five and zero right now. I think uh, they haven't played enough games. So I. If if they don't get this next game in, and then they go play in their championship game, and then they're six and zero, you know, I think a case can be made if there's a good team out there that's seven and two, let them in. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like at some point you got to play games, you know, and and it's not their fault. I mean, their conference, their commissioner has done nothing but try to shut college football down since the beginning, right? They didn't, they weren't going to play, and then they decided to play. The ACC and the Big 12 have been playing since the beginning. The SEC has done a fantastic job of lining everything up. They're going to get 10 games in, which to me is still crazy, but they, they're getting it done. They didn't give themselves their conference, didn't. The leeway to have issues with COVID and, and play a, a complete schedule or even close to it. Five games, is that that's less than... You know, like normally you play 12, you know, so that's not even like half. That's not half of what these other teams are going to play. And and when I see Coastal Carolina and BYU fighting so hard, fighting so hard to play college football, it's hard for me to look at what, what what's happened this year in the Big Ten and say, yeah, we, we should go out of our way to make exceptions for them. When, when I see, you know, no one's beaten Coastal Carolina and they're flying in a team that, you know, fr- that's ranked to play them on a Saturday, um, you know, the, with like three days notice because their other opponent got canceled, you know? Um, I, yeah, I, that's, that's uh, you know, that's that's fantastic for them. It's fantastic for their players. 
you know, gets them some exposure. Gets Coastal I mean, Coastal Carolina got some exposure. That's that's who, who wouldn't want that? That 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 that's good. That's a feel good story. Yeah, well, you know, let, if nothing else. Well, let me ask you this: I'm, Are they the best team in their own state? I mean, look, if they, the Cincinnati, we know Cincinnati's good because Cincinnati's played a complete schedule. And, and and I'm like saying, you know, like Cincinnati's ranked seventh and Ohio State is ranked fourth because they're Ohio State, not because they've beaten anybody this year. I guess Indiana, if that's your signature win, um, you know, but I would love to have seen Ohio State go out and, and, and try to find these extra games and try to figure out a way to play 10 games. And and like I said before, it's not even their fault. It's the fact that they're that, that the state that they're in and, and the, the commissioner of their league. Uh, have not been smart when it comes to laying out the schedule to be able to play 10 games. But, right, but, so why should they get rewarded yeah, for that? Why should, they? why should they? You're supposed to earn it, and that's what college football is all about. Look, every single game is a playoff in college football, and everybody that wants to expand the playoff and make this playoff 16 and all these different teams, you're going to mess it up. It's good that it's this hard. And and if you mess up, if you if you're a great team and you lose to you know Purdue like Ohio State has done in the past, or you lose to Iowa like they've done in the past, or you, you these teams that aren't ranked and you get blown out, chances are your season's over. And it's and it, the the best part about it is that I love that all these games matter. And 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 I mean like look. And I see like the, some of the Ohio State fans on the message board, your team's probably going to get in. It's just not fair to the other teams that have gone out and actually played football games because the regular season does matter. You're not supposed to just get put right into the playoff when everybody else is like doing everything they can to play football games. And your conference is constantly, every time you turn around, they're saying, well, it looks like we're going to get canceled. I mean, thank goodness we didn't get canceled because – it's been a really good season for the conferences that have played a full schedule. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Hopefully if they do get it put in, somebody blows them out, and then that puts that argument to rest. Yeah, um, you know, happen. Uh, and, and if we blow them out, even better. Even better. I would love that. Uh, let me go on to my next couple of points if I could. Yep. Um, okay, so I know last year – and so this is kind of a little funny, but I know last year the LSU players went to the stand and were telling it, Alabama recruits, you know, not to come to Alabama. I saw it, yeah. Okay, I hope our players went into the stands and told the LSU players to go to LSU. <laughs> you know what our players did? You know what our players did, Jay? They they yeah. they they got their they got their equipment, their helmets and their shoulder pads. They shook the other team's hand, they said a prayer at center field, and they walked off the field like they've been there and done that before. Because at Alabama, yeah, exactly, that's and, the way and that's the way it should be. You yeah. should play like that. And, and again, that was kind of my little funny on that. Uh, <laughs> I know what you were doing. I would be surprised if we did any kind of shenanigans like that. It's not the way um, Alabama does it. Be out of character, way out of character. Let me let me go on. So last night, as I'm watching the game, and I'm, there were a couple of busted coverages also by um, by LSU defenders. But I noticed that during the game, number six and number eight, um, obviously Smitty and. Uh, 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 Metri. Oh, Metri. Yeah, Menchi. Yeah, Metri. They were doubled and sometimes triple teamed. This would, and, and every time I saw that, we had somebody wide open somewhere. Uh, Billingsley, I guess, number 19. Um, his, his touchdown pass was blown coverage because the, the uh, third defender went 
uh, I think went for Mechie uh, in the end zone. Um, if you're if you're if you're Arkansas and you're Florida and you and those guys, you you know you better. And they were still catching balls when they were double and triple team too. That's the other thing. Um, so, but but it was creating it was creating um, uh, opportunities for the second, third, or or fourth receiver to uh, um, you know to to be open to catch catch the balls. That's the first time I've really in a game uh, seen the two big. Uh, Alabama receivers being double and triple, triple teamed especially. Um, and, you know, and again, it, in the outcome, it had no effect uh, on Alabama's production. We just kept going right on down the field. But you got to really be concerned, uh, you know, if you're other, if you're these other teams about, uh, you know, about making sure you're not triple teaming, you know, uh, Smith because somebody else, you're leaving somebody else uncovered and Mack will find them. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Jay, thanks for calling in, man. Anything else before I go to the next call? And you're exactly right, too. Mac is picking them apart. And and that was the reason why um, that uh, Coach O had the meltdown. You know, we make fun of Coach O for, you know, running that mouth last year. But he's, you know, look, he's a good football coach. He knows his, his defense. And he certainly was not happy about uh, Smitty with you know, two of the three touchdowns, they couldn't, they could have put five guys on him when he high pointed that ball uh, for his third touchdown. Uh, there was nothing they could do about it. That was just, you know, that, that really was like professor and student right there, you know, and those guys got a, an old fashioned lesson, but the other ones were just, you know, he's saying, Hey, we're supposed to be double covering this guy and they didn't do it, you know, and, and, and Mac Jones and Alabama took advantage of him. Uh, and, and, but the problem is, is that you, you start to like key on him and then all of a sudden you're forgetting about Najee and you know, you're, you're causing yourself trouble there. So you got so many different weapons for Alabama. It's great to see Billingsley. You talked about him, number 19, uh, the, the, the big tight end starting to come into his own and make plays and catch the ball. And he's proving that, you know, that he can play, that he's ready to, to, to be counted on. You know, when you see like Slade Bolden fumbling and you're going, okay, um, you know, we really like some of the stuff you're doing, but you got to hold on to the football. Billingsley's getting in there and he's trucking guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So here's my final three, uh, here are my final three points and, and they don't really require any discussion. I just wanted to kind of put this out there. One is I've actually kind of enjoyed this season without the the cupcake the cupcake games for Alabama because I tend not to put too much stock in those. Uh, I don't put any stock in the stats. I don't put any stock in watching the games. Um, so I've I've been able to when I actually sit down to watch Alabama, it's a meaningful game. I've really liked that this year. The the next point is I, I want Waddle to come back, but not this year. I want Waddle to get healthy. And come back and tear it up next year. That's what I want. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. My last point. One of my favorite Alabama players is somebody that you probably will say, who? What? Michael Neiswinder. I loved watching that guy play. I can only remember maybe one time where he was out of position on a play. The The guy made key blocks. He made key tackles on special teams. The guy, as far as I was concerned, he's, you know, I, I, I get it. He's a walk-on, so you know he probably worked his way up to maybe one star. But the guy was solid, solid. And I really, I, know, I think he's in coaching now, or at least I know he was working uh, in, I think for either FIT or FIA a couple years ago. I hope he really gets a, uh, he he really becomes something as a good coach because the guy was 
the guy was very smart football player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, great point. Yeah. And, and you love to see those guys. And again, uh, thanks for the call, Jay and roll tide, my friend. Roll tide. You love to see those guys, the walk-ons that, that get an opportunity and take advantage of it. And like, that's what's great about this program. Hey, we're taking your calls at 205-850-0883. Alabama plays Arkansas 11 o'clock next week as 31 point favorites. Still talking a lot about LSU. We got a matchup with Florida. Uh, we got a lot more football coming up and, uh, we're going to Louisiana for the next call. How you doing, man? Hey, Mick, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling really good. But how about how about you? Is it going to be easier to go to work tomorrow? I mean, is it this is it going to be easier to go to the store after that big win? Oh man, I'm down here in New Orleans, Mick, and it's, it's you can just imagine what I'm dealing with down here. <laughs> oh, I know. I you believe. Know, I, did, I I I live in a house with LSU fans, and my family members LSU fans. So I I, I hear it all the noise. But now I heard all day today this morning nothing but crying. Nothing but excuses and crying. <laughs> there, there was nothing left to say, you know. Like, <laughs> like I, there's, there's no, there's no, um, you know. Well, this happened or that happened. Honestly, the, they scored the one touchdown, and the guy scores the touchdown and leaves the football at the one yard line. You know, like I right, mean, and right. and he's lucky that his teammate ran by and picked the ball up, or it would have been a, that they wouldn't have scored on that one. Uh, honestly, I thought that their offense was a little bit better than I gave them credit for because I thought it was going to be 63 to nothing. You know, they scored 17 points. So give them credit for that, for that right? Yeah, I, I, I give them a little credit, but I, I, I feel like one of those touchdowns, and I called and talked to Kyle about it last night. And, 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 and again, Nick, I, I, I don't like to, you know, pick on these kids and nobody think I'm trying to pinpoint them, but I, I like to call it like I see it. And I talked to Kyle about it. I wanted to get your take on it about Daniel Wright. Daniel Wright, to me, is starting to become a liability. He, he is clearly the weak link in the, on that secondary. And if you go back during the season, Nick, and I went back and watched the game again today, every time it seems like it's a miscommunication or a lapse in that secondary, he is somewhere around. You know, so I went back and I looked at the old Miss game. I don't know if you remember when the tight end went over the middle and scored. I think it was in the third quarter when we were really trying to put Ole Miss away, and he came and took the bad angle. Yeah, I remember he not that only play. missed the tackle on the tight end, he knocked Dylan Moses out of position for making the tackle. Then he went back in the Texas A&M game with the tight end. Coach Saban came out after the game and said, "You know, he left Dylan Moses hanging. You know, that, Dylan Moses and Christian Harris—that's not their strength to cover all-world tight ends. That's just not their strength. They, they, they're good linebackers, they're good athletes, but they, they can't cover good." All world tight ends, and we're gonna get ready and face another all world one in two weeks. And yeah, it, it just concerns me about him because I, like I told Kyle, I fear that he's gonna cost us somewhere down the line, you know. And 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 me personally, I would like to see DeMarco Hillens get in there and play a little bit more. We at least we know that he's gonna come up and lay somebody out, he's gonna lay the wood. Who, you know, Daniel Wright is. Yeah, I, I was thinking seems like, you know, he, he makes a lot of mistakes. Who was the guy when Eddie Jackson was in the secondary? Who's the guy that was back there with him that that had the, that, that had some issues? I, he was good and, and he did a lot of things right, but he also made a lot of mistakes. I can't remember right. the guy's well, name for the life of me. Somebody help me out on the message board. But sometimes I feel like Hootie, Daniel, was it Hootie Jones. 
no, no, it wasn't Hootie. It was somebody else. And I remember like the, the the guys in the secondary used to take up for him a lot. And he would he would do some some great stuff. And then a lot of times he, you know, Daniel Wright's kind of he'll make some good plays too. You know, he attacks the run. Um yeah. he's not afraid. He's not afraid, but sometimes he's just out of control trying to get into these spots. Yeah. And 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 you think and just think about last night. I mean, on the play he got ejected on. Patrick Sertang had that guy covered like a blanket. That yeah. guy was not going to catch the ball. So it's kind of like like Coach Saban say with with Josh Joby last year. You know, you play with emotions, but sometimes you play a little too emotional. Like I, I just feel like I'm worried that down the line that's going to catch up with us with him. Is because you know, like I said, Dylan Moses and Christian Harris. That's not their strength covering all world tight ends. That's, right. that's just not their strength. They need safety help. And it seems like every time a blown coverage happens between the linebackers and the secondary, Daniel Wright is somewhere around. Yeah. And he he's he's an older guy. He's been there four years. So it, it just it, it, it just blows my mind just to see it constantly. And I feel I me personally, I feel like LSU kind of they they game plan that that he's gonna bite on these plays and leave right. these linebackers out there. You know, and, and and now we got Dan Mullen, possibly Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day. We got these coaches coming up. Great coaches. Yeah. Well, look, it's going to get know, harder. So, I mean, you got you got one more game that you're going to win easily. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask and that Florida team, they've got some issues. Look, they, their defense isn't as good as Alabama's. Their offense sputters at times, but they're good. They're good, and right. they can beat they Alabama. If Alabama doesn't play their best game, if they turn the football over, if they make mistakes, they can lose to Florida. Uh, and, they can and, definitely lose, man. And then after that, you get into the college football playoff, and you know what? Alabama's going to be the better team, but they have to play the better game to win. And and I, I'm looking yeah. forward to hopefully another matchup with Clemson. Uh, I, I will, and you know, I hope we get there. You know, but right now it's it's like you want to stay healthy against Arkansas. I think we need to get Bryce Young in the game earlier and let him play some because he has not impressed me at all. And I'm to the point now with him where I'm wor- really worried about him having to come in into a meaningful situation. I'm looking at Paul Tyson thinking, hey, if, if I know Bryce Young has the talent. I, I saw his tapes in high school, but he just doesn't look comfortable in there yet. So hopefully Alabama can get a good lead and let him get meaningful snaps with the with the starting players and and just get be prepared if he gets the opportunity and he has to play. And I, I think you're right. I think you're right, uh, Mick. I called you Kyle, but I, I think you're right. And I think I think they got to when they put Bryce in. I, I be honest, Mick. I, I think they got to start letting him throw the ball. Yeah. You know, he comes in and it seems like he's just handing it off, handing it off. Handing it off, like I, I, I told Kyle last night. I, I feel like Coach Saban put the brakes on in the second half. Oh, I, I feel like we could have put eighty on LSU if we wanted to. I would have loved that, and, and, and I would have loved it too. And I, I just feel like I, 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 sometimes I look at Bryce Young too. His pocket awareness, you know, the sacks he takes. It's like he always he drops and then he never looks to his right. He never does. And he gets sacked all the time. Yep. And, and, and and I don't know if that's had to do with experience. I know I'm pretty sure Sarkham is coaching them up on that, but I would like to see him start letting him throw the ball a little more. Let him get comfortable because, I mean, let's be honest, man, he's, he's got to be the man next year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I don't 
I don't think Mac's staying there after this year. They win it all. I mean, what, 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 what sense would that make for Mac to come back? Well, Mac's not so coming I, back. I, I mean, look, I, he's not coming back. I mean, like, he's – I agree with you. Like, he's 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 cashing in because why wouldn't you? Unless something happens and, right. you know, and, 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 and he loses draft status or something. But, I mean, I, the guy's – the guy's ready to go, I think, you know, like and and the next yeah, guy's ready to, re- go. ready to step up I, and I take that think, spot. I don't think after what happened last year with Tua, I don't think Mac's family would let him come back, especially if we win the national championship. Let's just say he wins the Heisman, we win the national championship. What what else is it for you to go do now but to get paid? That's right. You well, don't want to go take a chance and get yourself hurt like <laughs> Tua did. Thank God Tua was able to rebound and at least yeah. get that – Number that first round money, but I don't think Mac Jones is coming back. So I'm more, I'm I'm more to the point that I'm ready for them to unleash my unleash Bryce Jones, Bryce uh Bryce Jones. Yeah, and and, and let's just see what he can do because he's got to be the man. He you know we going anywhere next year, he's going to be the guy to take us. Yep, yep, and that stuff matters. You know, I mean it, these it these these snaps matter. He's got to make these mistakes like Mac did last year. Who would have ever right. thought Mac Jones would be this good? I certainly wasn't one of them. Uh, and, I was one of them also. I mean, he is so much better than I ever thought. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a dual-threat guy. I like to have a quarterback that if the pocket's breaking down, I can take off and get you those extra yards. I don't want someone that, that looks run first. You know, like like I'm a, a Ravens fan. I watch the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has to throw. He's a throw first, run, uh, throw throw second quarterback. And sometimes it, you know they they're able to take that away. He becomes one dimensional and, and he's not very successful, right? Uh, I like the guys that can you know like like you know like Mahomes. I mean you know like hey look, I'll run if I have to, and I'm going to run really fast, and I'm going to get away from you guys, right. but I can beat you in the pocket, you know. Um, right. And I think that's what makes him so great. I like those kind of guys. But, you know, when you have an offensive line that blocks like this, you right. don't have to run. Yeah. Because the football is going to outrun you anyway. All day back there yesterday. Good God. I mean, like, these guys are coming. He just sidesteps one way, sidesteps another, steps up, and, and by that time somebody's open and he's hitting them in stride with the football. So I, th- I think that's what they got to do, Mick. They got to they got to start letting him throw the ball, get him prepared, and and hopefully Mac stays. The offensive line protect Mac. If they protect Mac, they give him the time he needs. We win the national championship easy. Hey, it's, I, it's that simple to me. The season riding on the offensive line. I like if they the way protect you talk. Mac. We win it. Yeah. Well, roll tide, man. Thanks for calling in from you know from Louisiana, and uh, I appreciate yeah. it. And 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 tell I'm everybody. Enemy lines, man. Hey, I I I lived in Knoxville for a long time, so I know <laughs> I know all about that. And you know, but what happens is is when you know when Bama wins, a lot of that talk goes away. You know, right. So right. It, it'll be a lot right. easier for you to wear your your uh, Alabama shirt and not it, and and no one really say anything. And the funniest part before I get to the next caller is that so many of these guys are like Smitty are from Louisiana. That that makes right. me laugh. I mean, like, you you know, you right. look at all the guys from Baton Rouge, and then you know, and all these guys from Louisiana um, that make up our team. And when you have a rivalry against a team from a certain state, it really does help you in that rivalry to have guys from that state that understand how big the rivalry is. You know, oh, 
When, when, Dylan Moses, Christian Harris. Oh, man. They grew up a half, Chris a, a half a mile from Baton Rouge. Yeah, like when Mike Shula was coaching at Alabama, it, Auburn got all the in-state stars. And when the Iron Bowl came, we never won. And I just, you know, you'd have to teach everybody what the Iron Bowl meant. You know, now it's like, hey, look, you know, the number one player is coming to Tuscaloosa. And Nick Saban, you know, has gotten, what, 15 of the 25 guys since Gus Malzahn took over at Auburn, you know. So he, he does well with the the top five players in the state every year. But you got to have them in these rivalry games. And this is another – this is our other big rivalry game. You know, Tennessee, oh, yeah. you know, they can't get out of their own way right now. Uh, I love the tradition. I, I like Tennessee. I like watching them. I like going to Neyland Stadium. I like the cigars and all that stuff. They, they're in, they're in big trouble, you know. But but this yeah. this this is the first year that I can remember LSU being just just awful, you know, just awful. Yeah. And there's no. I don't care how many guys they lost. I don't want to hear about who you know who opted out. I know you didn't have Terrence Marshall. It was his. Uh, it was his option to leave. Right. Uh, and, but you would have had him. You might have lost by you. Maybe maybe you get another seven points. I don't know. But the bottom line is that that you won the championship last year and this year you're just not a very good football team, you know, um, and yeah, it's the first yeah. time that this rivalry game has looked like that. So, you know, LSU and needs I, to step it up because another year like that and I, and, you know, they, they're saying I heard Coach O after the game. OK, we're, we're doing fine with recruiting. Have one more game like that. Against Alabama, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, one Recruiting. more, one more season. And, and, and I told my son this morning. I said, now Coach O should sit back and reflect that it's not easy. You know, you won it one year, we'll run it back. Yeah, Alabama does it all. Nick Saban's Every been year. doing it since two thousand nine. Yeah. Run it back. Yeah, show me you can do it again. I don't want to hear that about player exiting. That's right. Defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. We deal with that every year. Yeah. And no one and no one cuts Alabama any slack. You know, you, you talk any about slack. this in the, the media's. You know, if Alabama had a year where they lost three games, the media would say, "Well, the dynasty's over. Nick Saban's lost oh, his yeah, edge." Da, da, da. You know, like, like, and yeah. and somehow it doesn't happen. I don't even know how he does it, to be honest with you. But that's why he's the goat, man. Well, hey, he's thanks. And people need to appreciate it. Yeah, uh, they need to appreciate what they witness. Hey, I'm a, I appreciate it. I, I could just I'm ready to just keep on riding. You know, let's get this. Let's get 18 <laughs> in. And you know what? Just like Nick Saban, I'll 24 hours. I'll celebrate, and then I'm ready for 19. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, appreciate you, Mick. Thank you, you for taking my call. Yeah, we'll talk next week, man. Roll Tide. Rotate. Let's get back on the phone lines and bring in Demetrius. Man, thanks for waiting on the line, and, and let's talk a little Alabama football. And for those of you guys that want to get in on the call, this is our Sunday night show on Bama Insider on the YouTube channel, 205-850-0883. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Nick. How about, how about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I'm, I, mean, I'm, I mean, you know, like uh, I, I was one of the people that really – really wanted to play this football game. And I knew a lot of people were saying, hey, I don't want somebody to get hurt, you know, and all that. I said, hey, you, you, you sign up to play. Let's play and see what happens. And we saw what happened. So I'm happy. Yeah, I was I was on it. I was on I was like a vampire one blood for this game. You know, even though I was like, I, 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 I like the class that Nick Saban showed by not running the score up on him. If, if the shoe was on the other foot, 
LSU would have ran this score up on us, you know, hey, just off, off general principle of it. And um, I know your last caller was talking about, I believe um, the safety back there with Eddie Jackson with Ronnie Harrison. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would. I Yeah, I've I seen him um, make a couple bone boneheaded, you know, he'll plays where he just, you know, like what you do that for, and it was unnecessary. Right, but you know, but the guys stuck by him. And um, the guys stuck by him, and and they, the, he was their guy, you know. And and but it would, you felt like this sometimes. And as far as that scenario, we're right. Yeah, he do make some. I mean, hopefully, it don't come back to bite us. And I remember the last championship we won. There was another defensive back. Tony Brown kept making mistakes in a. No, you know what? Trust it me. was Tony Brown. It was it was Tony Brown. It wasn't Rodney. It was Tony Brown. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. I, I know Eddie Jackson got hurt that when they lost to Clemson that year you know, that first time, and he went to I believe it was Rodney Harrison. There was against Ole Miss. He made that big. He tried to come up and make a play in. I'm like, well, what you do that for? I got burnt for a touchdown. Uh, Tony Brown was the two, um, went two, two through the second and twenty six, and at halftime, after, I mean after, after Tony Brown made the interception, you know he was getting burned all over over the field, and Nick Saban, he I forgot the, uh, who we replaced him with, but if need be, trust me, Nick Saban will pull the trigger and have you hey you need mighty to sit down and put the best player in that is going to put put the team in position to win. No, yeah, no. I no. mean, I. And as far as um, you know, as far as the game, you know, I, I I'm satisfied. You know, every every you can always nitpick at certain stuff. The offensive line. I want to give a shout out to Will Riker too. You know, what what what? Now all last the last several years, nobody has. Uh, it was all about the special teams. It's quiet as a mouse right now. Ever since that Georgia game, the halftime, the kick that propelled us to, you know. I believe we've been on a roll ever since then. That was a turning point of the season. That 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 field goal to me. I mean, yes, I'm you hear nothing you about the special teams. I, you know, shout out, shout out to them, young, to them young men. Hey, Demetrius, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm glad you brought that up because I had this graphic ready to go. Uh, 69 of 69, 10 of 10, and I mean, like he, it 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 just makes my heart pound a little less hard. When I know he's coming out to kick. And it's been great. And like I know he was the number one kicker and all that stuff. But last year he was hurt and he didn't do too well. This year he's been a, a, a force with that foot. Uh, yes, he yes he has. I mean, I know the pond ain't had too too much to too too often get on the field to punt, but hey, that's a good thing. And as far as the rest of the rest of the season you know in years past it was all our it was always our defense that complemented our offense to help them get them out of jams and i believe this this year the defense still coming around game by game and it's vice versa the offense we had the offense you know i'm thinking uh the last last two championships we did lose you know you know tool i'm a tool fan but you know, it, it was just—I mean, I could see it. He just loved taking the big play, and you know, defensive coordinator Clemson, you know, class class one defensive coordinator Brett Venables, 
you know, they game plan for that. You know, Matt Jones, a different animal. You know, he'll dump it off to the tight end and run him back out of the backfield. You know, pick your poison. And, you know, even with Jalen Hurst when we lost the championship, they went to the game plan hey, to put a stop to Jalen Hurst. This team, nah, not so much. You're not going to be able to stop them. You know, double, triple team, you know, tight ends coming along, especially Billingsley. You know, I like what the young man doing. You know, offensive line. Hey, it, everything seems to be clicking. You know, it's a little rust from everybody in college football. I, I don't want to, you know, a lot of LSU fans that I know. Oh, well, we young and look, dude, you know, had all year <laughs> to get ready and you, you played your best. I mean, a lot of people hated they gave up 17 points, but that was the best that, I mean, I really do think the LSU came out for game plan, and that's that was the best that they could do. That was their best shot right there was seventeen points. Yeah, and they wanted to, they wanted to try to do more to, to so Coach O can have a narrative of yeah we came out there and played played well considering all, and seventeen points was all was all they could, and you know maybe one of them touchdowns shouldn't even happen. I was shocked yeah, I'm, that they I'm, scored 17. I I was like, when they got that second touchdown and didn't drop the football at the one-yard line, I was like, man, these guys got set. They got two touchdowns today. I just didn't think that was going to yeah, happen. It, I was shocked by that. Yeah, everybody, everybody, ever. I don't, I mean, I don't know why people are so shocked. We get everybody best. Yeah. I don't care if it's a, I don't care who it is. We get everybody best in college football. Everybody. It don't make no difference who it is. Week in, week out. If we if they're gonna make a name for themselves, they're gonna make it against Alabama. I mean, look at Ole Miss. How are they supposed to be? They supposed to be right behind Texas. A. I mean, they supposed to have be. They supposed to be behind behind us, not Texas A and M. Look what I mean. Look what Lane Kiffin done in that game. I mean, putting well, putting up them many points. I mean, you. I mean, come on. I mean, and and that that helps them out. That helps them out as far as recruiting. Hey, we need you to just find a piece, and we can make it over the hump. And so, uh, I'm proud of them, young men. You know, I, it's a different. It's a different. It seems. It seems to me like it's a different attitude on the team. In years past, you know, we have we have like the last caller said. You know, I've been preaching it. Coaching continuity. No, no other team in college football can take the hits we have as far as coaching, um, the coaching carousel, right? And maintain even as the transfer portal. You know, I, it's a double-edged sword in my opinion. You know, I'm glad they allowed them young men to go, but you know, it's a good thing because I mean, and you see the um, it it makes you it makes you compete. Yeah, it makes you compete. And that, you know, you might have a, a freshman come in. Hey, like my man, what's his name on defense lineman, Tim Smith? I believe he pushed Ishmael Shops out the door. Right. You know, that's what, that's the kind of system you, 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 just you, because you, you, you was a four or five star in high school and you got all the, got all the praise. Don't mean you're going to come to Tuscaloosa and Nick Saban going, uh uh-uh. uh. No. Hey, best man going to be put out there and, yeah, I'm. I'm overall. I'm. I, I barring somebody playing a perfect game or a freak accident or COVID, 
I, I don't see this is the first time and you know I'm not this type of man I'm not that type of man just to just say, yeah, we're gonna win. We'll see about it. Hey, I I I honestly do believe this is hey, and it and it ain't it's it's not like the team is playing like Hey, yeah, I know we're gonna win. No, we we got a mission. We got a purpose. Right. I mean, it's good that, that some of these seniors stayed around, and that's just something else we've been missing a lot. Also, every year, years past, we used to have a couple seniors stay around to be leaders. You know, Alice Leatherwood and uh, Smitty, and who else? And it's been Najee, a couple. It's a couple yeah. more this year. They stayed around. Najee Harris to be leaders, and we've been we was missing that. You know, a lot of people just. I'm not gonna call out none of them, them young men names, but they was just there for draft for the, trying to improve the draft stock. They really weren't trying to, you know, contribute like and get into who going. I mean, Smitty is simplifies the process to the T. Right. You get in there, you work hard. You work hard every year. He got a little bit better, a little bit stronger in every aspect of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, so I'm with you. I'm proud with of them you. young men. Yeah, and you should be. And I mean, like, and I'll say this um, before I get to the next call. One of the things that has made this team has been the seniors. But the other thing is that because of COVID, they've had to be, you know, in in the same place at the same time. You know, these guys have fallen in love with each other's friendship. They appreciate each other because they see each other a lot. They're around each other a lot more because they're quarantined and, and they're in a bubble, you know, whether it's class or football practice and they have to do all of those things and it's made their camaraderie special. They realize uh, that, that they have a lot in common and it's more than just football, but they get together on the football field and, um, and, and you can just, you can just tell that, that, that there's a lot of love out there amongst those guys. It's a special team. I hope that it concludes with a national championship. I hope they win the SEC championship. It'd be great to go, you know, perfect this year. Nick Saban's only have one had one team to do it, but it's been a just a spectacular year. And it, and a lot of it has to do with just how close these guys are and what kind of character people that they are as well. Not just the football part of it. But Demetrius, thanks for calling in, man. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And call back, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Getting back on those phone calls. I know that you guys have been waiting. Love to have you at 205-850-0883 going to the state of Maryland. Who's on the phone, and what do you want to talk about? Hey, my name is Keith. I'm in Berlin, Maryland, near Ocean City. Well, what's up, man? Not much, man. I caught you guys. um, started following you recently. You guys do an awesome job. not a lot of Maryland, uh, Alabama coverage outside of jocks, but you guys, you guys rock it. So I appreciate you with the, with the videos each week. It's awesome content. Um, but it's one of the, just kind of like look into this team and like everybody's predicting that we're going to go out and destroy everybody we face. And it, that kind of thinks back to a couple of years ago when Tua was really on point, really dominating everything. And then Clemson kind of handed it to us. It is going to be hard to see anybody beating this team if they stay healthy and efficient and everybody's on point. But um, I don't want everybody out there to get too confident. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh, it, There's still, you know, tests in Ohio State. Clemson looks beastly. I think they'd handle Notre Dame really efficiently. But the really cool thing about watching this team is you see Mac and you see Devontae and you see Najee. You see the way these guys conduct themselves. You watch them between plays. I swear Devontae is the closest thing to Michael Jordan I've ever seen on a football field. He's tough. 
He's resilient. He seeks contact. He's intelligent. He knows where to be. Mac is a picture of cool and collected. And Najee seems to be like the smartest player and human being on the field at any given time. Yeah, he's impressed me too. I mean, I agree with you on all that. I wasn't thinking like Michael Jordan with Smitty, but you're right. I mean, he he's definitely an athletic freak. Uh, you know, Najee seems like the kind of guy you want to like, you know, play. You want to hand him the football, and then you want to cheat off of his like algebra homework or something. You know, like you want to sit next to him in calculus. He just seems like he's just a really intelligent dude on top of his football ability, and he's got a cool, calm, uh, you know, and collected demeanor as well. Totally. I just, when I, you know, when I, when I say Devontae and Michael Jordan, like it's, it's the, it's a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant tenacity about yeah. him. Mm-hmm. That, that's why like he's, he's being covered by two and three guys in any given moment, yet he's passing them by or knocking them over in the process. Like the, his mentality is just, I think, and I think the guys on the team father, a guy like Dickerson's the same way, that level of leadership, it doesn't seem like the contenders have that same benefit going for them. Yeah. Well, you said who could beat Alabama and you know, like I, I look at that graphic that we got up there and, and I, 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 I'm not sold on Ohio state. I don't think they've played a schedule yet. Uh, and honestly, if I was Florida or Texas A&M, I, I would be upset if they got in over us, uh, you know, at five games or six games when, you know, you've played a complete schedule. I mean, why should Florida be penalized for getting into the SEC championship game and having to play Alabama, you know, when Ohio State's playing Northwestern? I mean, come on. Uh, but but at the same time, the team that I look at that you're going to really have to put a stake in them to put them out is Clemson. And it's just because of, you know, you, you've got Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, they, they got the experience at running back. You know, they don't have the playmakers that, that they have had on defense in the past. But as long as they have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, they can beat you. They can beat you. He can single-handedly keep them in the game. Notre Dame's going to find this out when they play Clemson again and, and they lose by 25. You'll see there's a difference with Trevor Lawrence in the game. I think you're totally correct on that. But looking at Alabama going – into the SEC championship game, Arkansas. I mean, I don't think anybody should overlook Arkansas and what they've done. But leading up to that championship game, you look at Trask is phenomenal. Trask has had to do all the work, and he has nothing supporting him in the backfield to kind of compensate for that. And defensively, I think they're around 50th in the country. Mm-hmm. So, say they score 20, 35 points, Bama should be able to run rough shot in a similar pattern the way they did against LSU. Well, I mean, think about this, and I and I'm I'm just just talking Alabama offense. Last night, fourth quarter comes, and Mac Jones is on the sideline. So you're saying, well, how many points, you know, would Alabama have scored? Uh, Bryce Young came in, and it, it's I'm not sure if it's just that they're question that they're you know kind of cutting down what he can do as far as like, hey, you just got to hand the ball off and. Uh, you're not really allowed to throw it a lot. I, I don't know. It seems like he holds onto the ball a lot in the pocket, and he's not comfortable yet at this level. It doesn't mean he's not going to make it. I mean, he, he's going to get better, but he needs the experience. But at the same time, like, well, I, you look at Mac Jones on the sideline. The guy scored five touchdowns on his first five possessions, and he didn't even have a fourth quarter, and they scored 55 against LSU. So what happens if he stays in the game 
the entire four quarters. You know, are you, you know, Clemson might score 40, but you might be able to score 70. I mean, really. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's really not that far fetched. I was watching that game last night. It got to be 40. They scored 45 points in the first half. And it's almost like they said, all right, we proved our point. I don't think they opened the playbook anymore after that. I think they held everything close to their vest and they did what they could physically just move down the field the rest of the game. And they could have scored 75 points if they really wanted to, if they wanted to open the playbook up and keep using it. But they went status quo, formula, and still moved the ball down still with ease. Bryce Young does freak me out because when Tua was in the same situation two, three years ago behind Jalen, Tua came in behind and he was allowed to throw, but Tua was composed. Tua had shots downfield. Tua walked like he knew what he was doing. I don't see the same thing with Bryce Young. He looks like he's looking to run first no matter what. It's like you guys were saying earlier. He doesn't even look to the right side of the field. In the pass to Smitty, if he's Mac Jones, he puts that ball in the air up slightly to the left of him. And he goes and gets it. I'll say this. I, I was very, very disappointed when Talia transferred to Maryland. You know, and that's your state. And look, he's he's yeah, he's on the t- Yeah, I'm sure you love it. I mean, he's he would have he would have gotten his chance. You know, there there was no guarantee that he was that you know that he was gonna always be behind Mac. I mean, he'd be the guy getting these snaps right now. He'd be the guy taking over after Mac left. And you you saw, I mean, the way that he beat up on Penn State, and the oh, yeah. the second half of that game, really the fourth quarter of that game against Minnesota, like that's the magic of Tua, and now that's the magic of Talia. Those guys can play football, and, and no one can throw the football quite like they do. They remind me of Dan Marino, just the – the way that they throw uh, those, you know, their low passes and they, they just get the zip on there, you know. Uh, but I was disappointed that he that he went to Maryland, and uh, but I'm sure up there, everybody's that that pays attention to college football has to appreciate how lucky they are to have him. It, it's a revelation for the state to have a football player of his quality come in here. To be honest with you, there's so much talent around the D.C. area, Heightsville, all that, and so many of these guys. It's a pipeline to Bama, straight pipeline. Jonathan Allen. You know, it's Marco Helms in um, so many guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, one last point I wanted to ask you about, and it, this has boggled my mind for years, and your thought on it would um, totally intrigue me. But a guy like Ed Orgeron, I watch Orgeron, and I watch the way he conducts himself, the way he conducts his program, and I think uh, to myself, who in their right mind would put this man in charge? <laughs> uh, just seriously, just watch the way he behaves, the way he, his interviews, his he doesn't look like he manages his team at all. He's been the beneficiary of having many great lieutenants beside him that made his success come to fruition. And then you watch a guy like Saban. That guy's a, he's the leader. It's undoubted. I cannot look at that Ogeron, on that picture you have up right now and look at that man and say he's the leader. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, that's kind of – I'm going to play you something real quick before you get off here. You just hang with me here. Yeah. Uh, this was – you know, if, if we had a segment on the Bama Insider shows that was called In Your Own Words, I'm going to let him make a statement himself and you just sit back and grab your popcorn and enjoy because I've played this all week. I'm not going to be able to play it anymore because <laughs> the games are over. But just kind of to emphasize your point, the guy won a national championship doing this. Everybody, 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 hey, we've been waiting for this moment, man. Let's go right here in the middle of the damn field. 
taking down, taking on three. Hell yeah! Cause this is our house from now on. Yes, sir. Taking on three. One, two, three. Fire! They lost fifty-five to seventeen. <laughs> if you're a, if you if you committed, this was boggles my mind. If you committed to this program, and you committed to that guy. Who who in their right mind? Saban sets a path for the future for every guy that doesn't even have a career in football out of them. He sets them up for success in life if they are not going to have it. From everything he institutes in this program, I don't trust that Edward John does that for his guys. If I'm a guy like Sage Ryan, which I thought he was going to Bama, I am running away from Orgeron and running straight to Saban to learn from the greatest and know that even if I don't succeed in the NFL, he's got he's got tutors, he's got mechanisms, he's got the engineering program, like on his in his back pocket, like all these past success he has, who wouldn't embrace that, you know? Yeah. Well, look, you, you great call. Um, and and yeah. I, I thought the same thing. Um, but what happened was, I mean, they went out and they got Joe Brady. You know, somebody with the Saints said, hey, we got this young kid, probably too young to be a head coach right now, but eventually he, he could be a great head coach. The guy's a difference maker, and who knows, maybe he'll be back at LSU as their head coach. They were smart enough to go out and get that guy and listen to what the kid was saying, and and he made, I think, an enormous impact on the season last year. You know, And this year they don't have – they lost their offensive coordinator, they lost their defensive coordinator, they lost a lot of players – um, that's the, that's the breaks, but when you see stuff right. like that, you know, like you said, like it, it, that doesn't feel, it feels like you're hanging out with like a gym teacher off of like an 80s sitcom or something, you know, like he's almost <laughs> like a character, uh, you know, but yeah, caricature. Well, Hey man, thanks. Thanks. Have some, uh, steamed crabs for me at, um, what was that place called? The green turtle. Ball. Yeah. All right. Roll time, man. Thanks. Take care. See you. Roll time. Right back to the phone lines again, trying to get through these calls. Appreciate all you guys that are calling in. 205-850-0883. This is Bama Insider on YouTube television. I'm Mick Gillespie. Thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel, whether you're an Alabama fan or not. We're having a good time on a Sunday night talking college football. Who's on the phone and where you calling from? Man, David Gaines, man. I'm calling from Bruton, Alabama. What's going on, Nick? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing tonight? Hey, just chilling, just chilling, listening to you on this um radio uh, on my phone and everything, and I'm I'm hearing about everybody talking about um Alabama defense and how it's getting better. I don't think it was ever worse. I always thought to myself, if you look at what we did in the second half to Georgia, what we did in the second half to uh Tennessee, what we did in the second half to uh all the teams that we played up to this very point, we have really shut those teams down in the second half. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't really think our defense was bad. I don't really think that we were struggling anyway. I just think that in the second half, if you see our coverage, our defensive coverage has changed up. You know, we get a little bit tighter. We, we put a, more, a little bit more pass rush on them. And then, you know, that's just how we do this. Alabama, it's, it's the Alabama way. It's Alabama football. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Well, they're, they're obviously doing something different. I mean, I put a graph up here right now, and it's talking about playing number three, Georgia, October 17th. Uh, since the right. second half of that ball game, when Alabama shut Georgia out in the second half, Bama's defense <laughs> has been a different animal. And, and I got to give LSU credit. I mean, I was really surprised that they scored 17 against Alabama, and they had some explosive oh, plays. Oh, yeah, me too. I was shocked. I mean, but in the second half of the football game, 
you, you know, Alabama, you know, clamped down on them, and, and that was that. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, Alabama has his way of just getting to these uh these uh, uh these offenses and it's just it's intimidating. They dominate on the um the uh, defensive line. Uh they dominate in the uh secondary. If you look at man number 13, oh my god, you know, it just for him to be what is he a true freshman and come out there and do things he's been doing and and, and you look across the field and all these guys are young. It's, it's been very well coached, and I'm, the defense is there. They ain't went anywhere. No. Well, look, the defense this year has made a marked improvement, and the, the style of football that wins now has changed. And teams, you know, they, 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 they play fast. They spread it out. Uh, they get a lot yeah, of snaps real. in. You know, if you're Alabama, you score and you score quick, which means that, you know, you're giving the football back to the other team. Nick Saban said time of possession doesn't matter anymore. It used to matter a lot. You know, time of possession yeah, was one of those deal. stats that you looked at at the end of the game and you could say, okay, turnovers and time of possession. That's who you, you didn't even need to see the score. You knew who was going to win the football game, but it's not like that anymore. Now it's you got to get in the end zone, get out there, try to be a roadblock for the other team, prevent them from, you know, being able to answer every time. And then, you know, when you get into a game like Alabama did against Ole Miss, you just try to make a couple more plays on defense and keep scoring. Right. I felt like Ole Miss had a number some kind of way. I don't want to sit there and say they did anything foul or anything, but I kind of felt like they did. And I'm, 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 uh, I'm from the what I claim to be the hometown of where Alabama defense really uh, took a change. Or really, uh, all, no, not a defense, but an offense took a change. I'm from the hometown of Kevin Sumlin, right here in Bruton. Okay. And yeah. uh, the uh, the guy who actually got Nick Saban to uh, Alabama, you remember him, Mal Moore? Yeah. Oh yeah. His sister lives in this very same town. So we big on football around right oh, here. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, hey, so you're not far from uh, me. You're, it's a lot of rich Alabama royalty. We're, we're all down here in L.A., man. I know about you. Like, and, <laughs> and look. Right, I, I right, mean, right. I, mean, and I think doing that Texas A&M game when we played Menzel and all those cats, yeah. uh, I think that's when we had to start realizing, you know what, we're going to have to spread this ball out a little bit more. Yeah. You know? And it, so, um, so, I mean – he did a lot of things. We got better quarterbacks in, and and look, man, look at us now. You never think that you'll see Alabama. We really convert from a pro style, but I tell you what, I, I'm I'm loving this, man. Devontae Smith, uh, uh, they decided to do anything, and it's a it's a it's a I think it's a tribute to the teams that we had to play, especially when what Dunn Menzel did to us, it was embarrassing. It was, it was heartbreaking. And I remember that game. I remember my friend, uh, kicking all of us out of her house. Cause she's a big time Alabama fan. She had a Alabama roll and tied on each side of her eyes, tattoo, a real <laughs> tattoo. And, uh, she was, and she was crying. And I, and I tell you what, it was heartbreaking for, for big time Alabama fans down this way. We, we love our time, man. Let me tell you a story. I was on the sideline for the Johnny Manziel game. 
And I, wow. I, I was uh, <laughs> on the five yard line. I mean, you know, with the rest of the press when Manziel, mm-hmm. when, when Alabama at the end of the game had the football and for whatever reason, they wouldn't run the football. You know, we used to, we, we wanted on our, our radio show. I was on print these shirts that said, run the damn ball, you know, because we had this big <laughs> offensive line and we, we refused to run the ball. And then if you remember after that, Alabama started running the ball, and and it really changed the way that that season went. And even yeah. with that loss, they won it. it. I was driving out of the stadium after the game, and people were pretty down. And I was at the street corner, Queen City and Fifteenth Street, and some guy yells at me. I didn't even know this guy. Uh, he just yelled at me. He said, "We can still win it." <laughs> <laughs> and he was, I said, you know, we still can well, win you, it. I mean, you know what? He's right. We, we did. We still won it. He, and I was like, I don't yeah, even know yeah. who this guy is. Just on the middle of nowhere, he, he, I guess he just thought I needed to hear that at the time, you know? And, and that's exactly well, that's what good. happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and then Alabama has just owned Texas A&M ever since. I mean, including this year, Texas A&M lost one game, 52 for Alabama, 24 for Texas A&M. And, they, and they're still in the mix yeah. right now. Yeah, we've been whooping those cats, man. I mean, we've been really tearing them cats up. And it's just like, like you know, most of the games that we're in, it, if we lose the game, it's going to be very close. It's going to be, it's not going to really be a blowout. I think the biggest blowout that we had will have to come from Clemson in the national championship game. And I don't know where we were that day, but we pretty much in those games. And, and these teams, when they play Alabama and they beat us, like the guy said earlier, they, they gained, uh, a lot of credit off of that, you know. It makes their program look so much better when they beat Alabama. But what do we get when we beat those guys? That's why, look, the guy called earlier in the show, and LSU beat Alabama last year. I've been playing the video of their coach. There's one that we're, Kyle, right. won't, Kyle won't let me play the one from the locker room. I would play it just like I played the <laughs> other one. Because Kyle, Kyle is our boss. I'll just do what he says. And then there's another video of their players running to the Alabama uh, recruiting section, right? And and uh-huh. it's like, you know, they carried their quarterback off the field in a regular season game. Alabama goes down <laughs> there, beats those guys, and it's just like, you know, put your helmet inside your shoulder pads, shake hands, uh, do a prayer, and get back on the uh, on the bus, then go to the airport, fly home, and get ready for the next game. Because this correct, is what – because. Because now Alabama has won nine out of ten against LSU, and it's the only reason we're even talking about this game being any different than any other is because the coach ran his mouth. That's it. If if they would have just been like, "Hey, you guys have been great. We're going to get our championship now." Everybody in Tuscaloosa would have been like, "Hey, you guys get yours. Uh, good luck." But they they were sore yeah. winners. They were sore winners. They 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 were. And, and I'll be honest, man. Uh, I'll give them credit. First off, I'm glad that they didn't use any excuses like COVID not to play the football game. And, um, and yeah. honestly, they, you know, I thought they played a pretty good game. They, they, they played to the end. They didn't quit. And uh, I got to give Coach O credit on that. And, you know, and that's it. They, they weren't sore losers this time. I mean, that's really <laughs> nothing to talk about. But, I mean, um, we'll see you next year. Well, they deserved it. They yeah. deserved it. They really did deserve it. This was preordained destiny for them. <laughs> they, we, they needed, we needed to play this game because the way they did us, I mean, I don't know if we didn't play them this year, how could we sleep? Even? I mean, we, I, I don't understand yeah. the disrespect that they put on us. It was so disrespectful. I mean, 
it was so disrespectful. And um, like for them to do the COVID thing, and like I'm not gonna say nothing bad about that neither. You know, I think ESPN and a lot of other sports sites were like, you know, LSU trying to get out of the game. But basically, we needed to play this game. We really did. And I felt good about playing it. Of course I do because we won. Um, but, like, I don't know. It just – I got a sports page. I started it six years ago. Uh, it's called uh, um, Southeastern. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on Facebook. And we talk about this all the time on the, on the page. You know, LSU uh, trying to maneuver their way around Alabama when you know you're destined to play us every year. Don't run from us. Come get this whooping. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whooping this time. But, and I'm not. It was really a whooping. And I'll say this too. Like, uh, Tom Hart was on the Friday show, which is um, the show that I host, the Bama Insider Tailgate show. He's the voice of the SEC. And he didn't, he said, not LSU. He said, but some of the, some other teams are trying to use COVID as an excuse not to play games that they don't think they're going to win. And I, I, he didn't say who it was and he didn't say what league they were in. Um, but I'll say this, like, that's what I'm saying. I give them credit LSU because, you know, I don't know if they could have got in, got out of planet or not, but they didn't. And, um, you know, and I, and it's a good experience for their team too, because just like the way that they won last year, uh, in a very close game, a track meet that they won by five points, they lost 55 to 17, but at least all those guys know, what it's like to play Alabama and what you got to do to beat Alabama and what it's like each and, be the That's right. Every year. It's not, we're going to stack up a team with, you know, every senior and junior that we got. And then we're going to lose every game the next year that matters because we're, we're selling <laughs> out for one year. No, this is 13 straight years where Alabama has been ranked numero uno. Number one, at some point in right. the season, there's been, in the history of college football, there's been nothing like this before, and it's a good lesson for them to see why everybody talks about Alabama every single year, and it's not just a one-year wonder. You know, it's not just a branding by looking Correct. glass song that you know you it, it, we'll hear it on the oldie station in 25 years and then not know any other hits from right. that particular artist. But <laughs> right, right. Now, Nick, I got a question I wanted to ask. Yeah, one you. more. Yeah. And uh, I usually when, when I'm not talking to you, I'm calling you Nicky G. You know what I'm saying? Because okay, yeah. you're the man. You're doing your thing. <laughs> you and Cal. Um, so, um, I talked about texting them on my page a lot. And I don't think people are really respecting what uh, what the coach has really done over there. I mean, he's he's in the top five almost every year when it comes to uh, recruiting and everything. But they ain't lost nothing but one game if no one ever noticed it. But they only lost to one team if nobody ever noticed that either. And that team was Alabama, the number one team in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think that Florida should be ahead of them if Alabama beats Florida. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree. I mean, look, I, the the coaches poll, you know, Texas A&M beat Florida, right? And Alabama beat uh-huh. Texas A&M. And then for some reason, the AP had it right. They had Texas A&M five, Florida six. Right. And the coaches poll had Florida ahead of Texas A&M, even though they lost a head-to-head matchup. And then you're talking about about the same Record now, both of them have Texas A&M ahead. If Florida beats Alabama, they're going to jump Texas A&M, and they're going to be one of the four teams 
going to the college football playoffs. So they, they still own their right. destiny in front of them, right? But the but at the end of the right. day, I'm curious as to who fills out some of the coaches' poll ballots because, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how it took it, – it, it took well, you three polls to get it right. Like, I, that's an easy what, one. AP got it right. What's crazy? What's crazy, Nick, is the fact that they have Ohio State with just, what, six games? And they have played literally nobody. Right. You know, people get the word literally and figuratively mixed up. I'm going to get it right, all right? All right, figuratively, they're a good team. I think so, maybe I. But they played nobody. Yeah. And and they struggled. Uh, it was game four last one. I, they struggled against Indiana. I, I just don't understand why. I know they love them. They got their favorites. They do. And they got an SEC bias. We know that down here in the SEC. But you got to respect what what what's out there on the paper, what's out there on the field, and what's out there in ink. You know what I'm saying? And, and what's going on right now with Ohio State with six games and played nobody yeah. is a very big disrespect to be that high over a Texas A&M team who played SEC football. Right, right. Look, I said and that. And beat the team with a with Heisman that y'all like so yeah. much in Florida Gators. And, and beat Auburn on the road. And I, and I know I've said this before. <laughs> I don't think Auburn's a bad team. And you go there and you win. That's a tough place to play. They did that. Um, and Ohio yeah. State is has played five games, and they might not play a sixth game. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't just assume that they're going to win games when they haven't played the games, you know. So I feel like – I can't respect it. Right. I mean, I feel like you have to give Texas A&M the, the, the credit for having played these games. And the same thing with Florida and the, and the same thing with Notre Dame and Clemson. You know, you guys and – it's, and it's not their fault. They wanted to play – it's the commissioner and the league presidents in the Big Ten that right. were running from playing football this year for some reason. And I know, like, we have all this well, other stuff going did, on, but they, they didn't want to play. Right, and, and everybody else figured out a way to do it, try to do it in a safe way, and 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 they didn't. They, they were late to the party, and it's really affected Ohio State that feels like they have a legitimate chance to win a national championship. And it may be the best thing that ever happens right. to them. I mean, look, they, they're going to be healthy. They haven't played that much football. If they get the pass where they didn't have to play these games and they get right into the college football playoff, you know, with, with seven wins or six, six wins and, and, you know, six games, then you know what you're being punished. If you're Texas A&M for, and, and if you don't get in yeah. for having played a schedule that has much better competition this year than and that Ohio is State exactly play. the part that I am so mad at like like I know it's possible that they will do this we've seen them do worse you know they will do these type of things and, and Texas A&M will be left out and I gotta respect Texas A&M this year I really do because you know they they played you know four quarters of each game mm-hmm. they played every down of each game you know they went in there putting their blood sweat and tears in for a team who's not Played the type of um, schedule that they played. I mean, what is it? What is it for? If you're not going to put the best team in, right? And that's what they always claim they're going to do. Yeah. And you can't be the best team to me. If Alabama played four to five games, I don't think they're going to be the best team. I don't care what they do. Right? You know, I want to see because them. they haven't played up to the competition. No one can convince me they're the best team in Ohio this year. I want to see them in Cincinnati <laughs> play. And so you can say Cincinnati played ten games. You played five. Like let's get you guys together, and then if you win that, you get in. If, if I was Cincinnati, I'd be fuming right now because they're not going to get a shot 
if Ohio State gets in, if Ohio State doesn't play enough games and somehow like is is not allowed to be in there, Cincinnati could be that team to sneak in, and it would be cool to see Correct. Cincinnati do that. Maybe Cincinnati could play Coastal Carolina, but it would be cool to see Cincinnati get in and, and Ohio State that only played five six games, not you know to be honest with you. Be right, there. right, and we could definitely get on in, in with that right there. I can respect that part now, you know, because. I mean, to me, I think Cincinnati is a better team, you know. But, I mean, you had Cincinnati with BYU lost, you know, last night. What? I was rooting for those teams, you know. They didn't play anybody too much big anyway. But, I mean, Ohio not playing nobody and still the lesser team. I mean, with less team on the schedule, why not Cincinnati, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. So it's just it's just been crazy, man. It's been real crazy. Um, all my friends are yelling trash for Heisman. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I I yell Mac for Heisman, and I hope that Mac gets it. Uh, he's been a good player. He's been a great quarterback. Uh, his stats are just off the wall incredible. I mean, trash does have the touchdowns. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't you know, deny that. But he's a good player. When I'm looking at when, when I'm looking at a a, a quarterback that is actually putting the ball on number. I mean, when these guys missed, like last night, when he laid that in uh, uh, number eight's hand, yeah, uh, and he missed that ball, it was in his hands. You know, yeah, it, it wasn't on Mac. You know, Mac Ken did his thing. Oh, and he's gonna get the ball too. All you gotta do is catch it. I know. Well, we haven't seen, and and I'm gonna let you go and finish up these uh, last couple calls. But roll tide, and I'm gonna talk about your okay. point there because I you nailed yeah. something that I was talking about today. Uh, earlier on the show, but roll tight is that you talk about that pass that Mitchie dropped. It was in double coverage, but it was a perfectly thrown ball. We haven't seen a lot of drops like that. I mean, you, you talk about having, you know, rugs and, and Judy and Waddle and Smitty as your four guys. Like it, it must be frustrating for the opposition because these guys just don't drop them. And and Mitchie dropped a a, a pretty good ball and, um, you know, and I'm sure he's going to want to, you know, get that pass back again. But anyway, 205-850-0883, kind of wrapping up the show. I'll go right here to uh, Anonymous Call. How you doing? Where are you calling from? Uh, Brooklyn, New York. What's up? Uh, yeah, how you doing? It's Q from Brooklyn. What's up, Q? Yeah, I was wondering. I thought maybe you might be an LSU fan in disguise coming to get me because uh, it said oh, Anonymous. No, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> My LSU? brother lives in Brooklyn. LSU? Yeah. Yes. LSU? Don't even say LS that that last letter in their name. We just say LS who. Oh yeah. Well, what'd you think of the game? Uh great game, great game. You know, uh, we, the defense. I think it's Pete Golden with that man-to-man coverage. You know, Nick Saban did say uh, we got to get out the man-to-man coverage nonsense. Pete Golden wants to run man-to-man so much. It it leaves Dylan Moses. You know, he can't cover. He can't read gaps to save his life. And it leaves him. Leaves him covering tight ends. It leaves him covering slot mans or the running back out the backfield. Um, Daniel Wright, he's a liability. You saw her last night, but I don't think that was a targeting call. I mean, he did he did hit him with his shoulder. He didn't hit him. He didn't hit him head to head. So um, other than that, unless who didn't even oh, Ed Ed No Voice Odron, he he learned his lesson last night about talking trash. You know. No voice needs. Uh, he lost a lot. He lost about seventeen recruits last night with that loss. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, Nick Shaven just showed him what a coach is and who a coach is. We don't need to talk so much. We just need to. Put, we just need to come on the field and play. And we dominated all four quarters. Um, I was listening to a caller when he was talking about Bryce Young, 
man, I don't know what Sark is doing. I don't think it's Sark. I think it's Nick Saban telling Sark, hey, we don't want to throw the ball no more. Uh, just run it, you know. But when we bring in Bryce Young, we got to let him use his arm. Mm-hmm. We brought him to Tuscaloosa to use his arm. We want to see him open up, throw the ball. And you see him run with the, that first-team offensive line is dominant. We want to see him do something spectacular. He did it in the Auburn game where he threw that touchdown to Smithy. I mean, why can't he throw the ball around, you know? I want to see what he can do down the field. I don't want to see him hand the ball off. We didn't bring him to Tuscaloosa to hand the ball off. Yeah. I Well, look, I said it too. I mean, it's concerning to me at this point. He's got to get meaningful minutes in to be prepared in case he he has to play because it could be him or Paul Tyson at any moment. I mean, and and I'm watching last game and it's like okay, hand it off, hand it off, and then when he would go back to pass, he gets sacked. He's he's like doesn't really have a feel for the offense yet. But you know he's a good player. It's just not there yet, and it's got to get better. Like he's getting rattled when he when he comes in because he doesn't he doesn't because you know when we had two he was. Who was making the decisions? We were running that read option with Mike Oxley. So now it's like Sark is calling the plays mm-hmm. and his keys. It's not reading nothing. There's no read options. We we run read options zero to none times in the game. You're right, run read option like five times. But right now he's coming in the game and he's just handing off the ball. We're not getting the rhythm of the offense. We're not seeing as fans. We're not seeing him throw the ball. We want to see him, his production-wise, you know. And my thing is, I think Paul Tice is going to give him a run for his money next year when it comes to that competition. Yeah, well, I'm sort of just saying the guy from Maryland. I mean, Talia took off. He didn't even give himself a chance to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, he could have competed too, but he's doing good things for Maryland. So, I mean, so long, Sia. Thank you, Tua, but uh, Talia, you had your time. We enjoyed your company. (laughs) <laughs> Go on and do what you got to do, but be great. Even though even Kevin Harris too, he transferred out of nowhere. He he went to go, he went back home to Georgia Tech. I mean, you had an open year to compete for a spot, and you just called it quits and transferred. Hey, yeah, it's life. But we got Arkansas next next this week coming up, and I'm just hoping that we get to see Bryce Young for more than five minutes. Yeah, I want to see. What you can do for three quarters, probably. I know, Mac, we need to rest you because next week we got Florida. And I don't think the Gators are coming in. We're going to give them a whooping like 2016, I think. If we get that secondary lined up. And uh, if that – it's the middle linebackers for me. That, that's that defensive problem. And the front four. And when it's um, when it's Fenderis, Mathis, and DJ Dale at the D-tackle and DM position, it's a little – they struggle a lot in the beginning of the games, if you don't notice. We have to yeah. get that rotation right. With um, Christian Ballmore and um, Tim Smith, those two right there, they hungry and they want to play. Well, they, yeah, we, we've I, been wearing them down too. You know, like you're right. Like the first yeah. like couple series, you're like, man, there's no pass rush. And then, except the oh, Auburn game, except the Auburn game, where they were, you know, they were they were getting back there and, and, but they've been more like an anaconda. You know, like where they just kind of like put that slow grip on them, and then by the middle of the game, you're like, wow, man, they're they're just constantly doing something in that backfield. That's, that's, that's what we consistently need, though, because when it comes to Florida, you notice that they pass the ball more than they run. If we can stop them, we can stop the hole on the run because they haven't been able to run the ball to save their life this year. If we can stop them on the run and gift and make that uh, crowd traps to throw the ball all the time, man, if we get the pass rush in there, they will suffer. Did they you be able to move the Did ball you watch any of the Tennessee-Florida game yesterday? Um, I, I, I watched it, but um, I, I sneaked in because I wasn't really 
and because I knew Tennessee was going to lose, and I don't really like to watch the team in the orange play. Right. So, well, they they put uh, pressure I mean, I, on Trask though, and, and it was not yes. comfortable, and they sacked him some. Now they they you know obviously they don't have an offense, and and you know they 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 couldn't they they couldn't make it last for the entire game, but they showed me that the Heisman Trophy is going to come down to the defensive line. If Alabama's defensive yeah. line does better than Tennessee's did. And they also, and I'm going to throw this up here too. He's exactly right. They also held Pitts in check, which was pretty amazing. I mean, it like, but by the time Pitts caught his first pass, I mean, it was well into the second quarter. Um, yeah, that's the way. That's the way. We, that's their key to their offense. Is that 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 tight end up there? If we can put a put a, we don't got to put a man on him, but if we can watch him and not let him go for five catches in the first in the first half. If he doesn't get more than five catches in the first half, we have the game. Right. Because all you're going all they're gonna do is worry about the second half. Yeah. Know? But if we can if we can get the traps and look, Mac Jones has won the Heisman. His resume is better than traps. We beat Georgia. We beat Texas A and M. You lost to Texas A and M. So uh, based on film Mac Jones was already. He just threw more touchdowns because he thought the ball more. We don't need we, we have Mac Jones hasn't played a fourth quarter yet. Right. When has he played a full fourth quarter since the um Ole Miss? Game? Not yesterday. He didn't play one yesterday. Not yesterday. He didn't play one. He didn't play one at Auburn. Mm-mm. I think we he hasn't played a, a fourth quarter since Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, we was just hardborn defense. That's why he played for Right. Right. And he he was getting you know, better as a, he had to make some passes in that game. That yeah. I was thinking, if he doesn't get this pass right, if 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 he doesn't do the thing he needs to do right now, we're going to fall behind, and I don't know if we're going to beat these guys. And my thing is, coming into this season, I was a little nervous for Mac Jones. I'm not the only one. It's not like I had. I mean, let's put it out there. I had a little bit of doubts, but he proved me. He made me shut my mouth. He made me put my money where my mouth is. He has came. Mac Jones has came out this season and put up numbers that I didn't expect Mac Jones to put up. Me neither. But I feel like he learned under Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts and he learned under Tua Tungavalu. Right. That but he's the Joker. He'll, he'll <laughs> laugh in your face, but he's gritty and he's hungry. Yeah. He knows that he's gonna put his foot in your. You know what? You know he's he's hungry, and. Trust me, he may not. They may not take him in the early of the first rounds, but they're gonna take him in the first round. He's gonna go somewhere high in the draft. And people talk about uh, Jaden Waddle coming back. Um, Jaden Waddle, I I appreciate your services. I know you got hurt. If you can come back this this season, thank you. But if you if you're free, if you want to leave and spread your wings into the NFL, by all means, be my guest because we have numerous of receivers that I want to see on the field. You know. Like Slay Bowden too. He, I mean, last night he dropped a couple passes and then he fumbled the ball. Come on, Slay. Yeah. You have an opportunity. Wrap it up, man. Wrap it up. You know. You see contact coming. Just wrap it. Two hands on the ball and get down. Yeah. You don't have to make extra yards. We're already up. Yeah. You don't need the extra stuff. Yeah. I don't like that either. Uh, because that's going to get you beat against Clemson. It's going to get you beat yeah. against Florida. You know, like you just, just get it out of your system. You know, I thought Brian Robinson had a really good uh, a show last night when he got into the game. Yes, you know, he fumbled against yeah, Auburn. I'm trying to figure out. Yep. You can sorry about that. Sorry. No, no. I'm. I'm just. I was just glad that he he bounced back. You know, because I thought that fumble, even though Alabama was killing Auburn, I mean, you just don't want to see that happen. You don't want to get into the habit yeah. of accepting stuff like that. And he had, he had a good game, but the guy to me. And and I've got to wrap up this show here shortly. But the guy, I want you to tell me what you think about this guy. Uh, 
McClellan, man, every time he gets in, it was like they unleashed him. He took the ball straight down the field on LSU, and Nick Saban was like, man, we don't need to score on these guys again. Get get, get Jace out. Let's get him out of there, you know? Oh my goodness. It's, it's Nick Saban. I don't know what it is. He's so classy. <laughs> yeah. We could have put up 90 points on LSU last yep. night. And the audacity from the LSU defense when Jace McKellen got in and started running down their throats, and when the, uh, what's the name Williams when they when they both came in for uh, scrub duty, and they oh that's the LSU defensive line and the defense to talk that stuff to him. I don't understand. You getting the ball ran down? He he ran for like thirty yards one play, then he got in again. He ran it for like ten yards. And yeah, he's talking just back, and you getting your butt whooped, and you have the audacity to talk. And that's why Alabama is the best in the country, the best. Nobody can compete. We could be the NFL team. Let's put it out. There. <laughs> put us against the worst NFL team, and we'd be the Jets. Just yep, put us against the Jets. Sorry, Quinnen. We'll beat you guys. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I, I like the way I'm that saying. this team's playing. I think there's going to be a lot of guys on this team that'll be in the NFL uh, that the Jets and other teams are going to be drafting here in the near future, uh, and that offensive yeah, line's right. going to have a bunch of. Uh, them. We might see Daniel right back here next year because uh, I don't. I don't know if he's trying to play for a stock draft or what he's trying to do, but he's he needs to learn how to, like the other Cole said, play under his emotions. Joe, he has learned to play under his emotions too. But Joe, is, he's hungry. I know Patrick Sertain is a first round. But, hey, Dylan, let's get back to the point. Dylan Moses, I understand you came back to improve your draft, draft stock. Come on, man. There's, it looks like he doesn't even sometimes want to be out there. He just wants to call a place from the sideline. The way he moves is just like he reads it, and then he'll wait till somebody else gets there before he makes the uh, makes the impact. You're the middle linebacker. That touch, that big run that they had when uh, Christian Christian Harris overshot the gap. Yeah, where was the back pursuit from Dylan Moses? Where was the back? I mean, I understand Pete Golden loves the one on one one man to man coverage, but right. Dylan Moses was supposed to flow after him. You know, yeah, As middle linebacker. Y'all both supposed to be in sync. And plus, you're both from Louisiana, so you're not supposed to understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, get so, there. Uh, get there. Be hungry. I want to see the Dylan Moses from freshman and sophomore year. I want to see the eight Dylan Moses, not the 32 off of injury sluggish. I want to save my legs for the draft. No, I don't see that. We didn't come back for that. We came back to win a national championship, in which we will. I hope so, man. We well, will. well, thanks for the call out there in Brooklyn and Roll Tide, man. Bro, Ty, I want to say God bless America. Yeah, me too. God bless America. God bless America. Yep. God bless Nick Saban. God bless the President of the United States, the sitting President of the United States. And God bless me. God bless you. And God bless Kyle. Hey, thank you. Roll Tide. Awesome call. All right, guys, I'm wrapping it up. We're going to go back to the phone line. Skip, you've been waiting on from Jackson, Tennessee, home of what used to be the Diamond Jacks, and then they were the Generals. <laughs> now there's no baseball team there anymore. Uh, how you doing, man? Roll Tide. Hey, man. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I don't even smoke cigarettes, but I had to smoke one after that game. That was mighty satisfying. <laughs> Should have got a cigar uh, after something that- like that. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you, I was going to hit on Jace McClellan, and you hit kind of hit on a man. That dude runs angry. I love his – I know that the team is kind of worn down at the end of the game and stuff like that, but, man, his running style is aggressive. Yeah. And I think we're going to be in good hands when Najee and, and Brian Robinson, you know, you know, go to the next level. Uh, 
And, uh, but yeah, that kid and, and even Royce, man, that kid kind of same running style, really aggressive. Uh, how actually, how tall is Jace? I don't know. Let me look it up. I mean, he doesn't look like he's, he's very tall. He looks like kind of like a scat back. Uh, he yeah, reminds me of Shad Williams. Like a power back. Yeah. Do you remember Shad Williams? <laughs> he played at Alabama a long time ago and, and he was bingo. That's exactly who I was thinking about. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly who he's always reminded me of. And I, I can't, can't see enough of this guy. I want more, uh, Jace every time he's in, I'm like, okay. I, like, like when, when Saban took him out yesterday, I'm thinking this is coach Saban being respectful to the other team because he knows like this guy's about to break one. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know. Saban's just got a big heart, even though he seems like he's, he doesn't sometimes like it. There's not a lot of people. There's, I'd say that more coaches than not, if they would have had LSU in that, in, in that spot, they probably would have poured it on more. But then again, you got to remember uh, now, Nick Saban is a coaching legend. At LSU too, we we forget that man. The guy won a championship for them in 03. He's the reason why their program's uh-huh. good. When he retires from coaching at Alabama, they'll probably do some kind of statue for him or something. They'll they'll like him a lot better when he's not beating their ass. I'll just t- tell you that right now. Plain and simple. <laughs> Amen to that, man. Amen to that. But uh, but yeah, I like Jace, man. I like his running style and. I think he got he had the same number as uh Shad Williams. What are you twenty one? Yeah, exactly. He just he he looks almost. I'm I'm pulling him up here. I want I'm curious. Oh, five eleven, two twelve. Hmm. Yeah, he's kind of a power back. He yeah, is. I like that. I but like he, that. but I like, he hits his holes like, like a dart, man. I mean, like he's just like whew, right through. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of, well, you know that kid uh, at Jackson Jaguars, Josh Robinson. I know he's probably a little shorter yeah. than Jace, but. Just the way they hit the hole aggressively, and they don't be second. You know, they don't second step. You know, they don't they don't think too much. You know, they don't dance around the back floor. They just hit it, and you know, I'm excited to see what that kid does in the coming years. But uh, a quick point on Dylan Moses: uh, What kind of knee injury did he have last year? Was it ACL? I, I'm not, I've, I'll, I'll look it up. I, I know they had to um, they had to what rebuild his knee, right? Right, yeah. You remember when Dante Hightower got hurt yes. in the Arkansas game in 2009 and 2010? You know, he was back, but he wasn't really back. You know, it, it, I'm almost kind of seeing the same parallels there with between Dante Hightower 2010 and, and Dylan Moses 2020 because it, mentally, I mean, your knee may be all right, but mentally it takes it almost takes about a year for you to get over that. When yeah. you're not thinking about, man, I don't need to get hurt or anything like that. But in 2011, Dante Hightower? Woo! Lights out, son. So maybe, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I think you know Dylan. He's a better player player than what he's playing right now. But uh, I think he may just be having to get over that little the, the mental part of the injury because that, that is a real thing. Well, that and also the the other part of it too is that you know you you think that. <laughs> Your, your knee might not be as loose as it will be when you're, you know, you're playing mm-hmm. on it a lot. I mean, there's a lot more to healing from injuries than just being able to physically go out there and play, you know? Yeah. How much of his mental I've cut him a lot of slack this year because you know, coach Saban has said that he thinks he's doing a good job, you know, and I, and I don't know football like Nick Saban knows it. I, I sat next to Mike Johnson uh, when I used to work with him, we were on the same show, and and we watched the uh, 2015 
uh, national championship game together. And I got the trophy back there, or the, the not trophy, but the statue that Daniel Moore did of Kenyon Drake diving <laughs> for the end zone, you know. And I'm trying to watch the game, and every time I would say something like, hey, it looks like this, he'd be like, no, Mick, what's really happening is, you know, you'd see like a guy running at the quarterback untouched, and he, you would think it was the offensive lineman, and it really was that the fullback didn't get in there and block. Or, you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the level of expertise that Mike has watching football is just different than me. And ever since then, I've been like, you know, I, I think I know what I see, but I really don't. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of give this guy – I'm going to listen to what Coach Saban says. I feel like if Coach Saban has a problem with something that Dylan Moses is doing, then he he would probably give a hint to that. But every time he's asked, he, he says right. he's doing a good job. And I love having the experience of Dylan Moses. I think if Dylan Moses would have played last sure. year and hadn't had the injury, I think Alabama would have beaten LSU. And I'm not saying they would have won the national championship, but I think they would have beaten LSU and made it to the college football playoff. Yeah, so they played them two true freshman inside linebackers in the SEC, I mean, that's just asking for trouble. Yep. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, even it don't matter how good you are. But uh, but uh, I did like the on third downs, our dime package uh, kind of formations there on kind of third and long or whatever, that little six-man front with the three-down lineman. You don't know where the blitz is coming from. Right. We need to we need to stick with that. We need to dial that up. And uh, as far as Kyle Pitts in Florida, you know, how do you think Alabama might approach that? That's a good question because I, I watched some of the Tennessee game. I thought they did a nice job of containing him in the first half of the game, you know, and then, you know, obviously he's going to get his yards, but um, I, I don't know. Alabama seems to get beat by guys like that a lot. Uh, I think you try to take, I, I, you try to put pressure on the quarterback and, yeah. you know, and, and I guess that's really the secret to it, you know, maybe because you're going to, they're going to score. I mean, they're going to score. If Ole Miss mm-hmm. scored like they did against Alabama, Florida's going to score. Uh, but Alabama will be able to score as well. I, I, it could be a track meet. Um, I think he might be the best player in in the draft, honestly. I mean, this guy's – you know, I watch him play, yeah. and I'm thinking like, you know, that, it's hard to even compare him to anybody because he's so good. He's a wide receiver, tight end, you know, NFL – tight ends that's you got to play the slot you know they even they'll flank you out wide uh, he's a mismatch nightmare yeah on pretty much everybody he's a big you know you know field in a boundary corner yeah you know th- those guys are gonna have a handful with them but uh well he can catch yeah, and run and he's a huge target no i was just gonna say he can catch and run and he's a huge target you know so it's like Absolutely. you know wh- He's going to get his plays. You just hope that you – I'm guessing that you hope that you put enough pressure on Kyle Trask and maybe, you know, you, you just keep scoring on them and force them to be more one-dimensional. They throw the ball a lot. But uh, mm-hmm. if there's anything that I know uh, about Dan Mullen, then it's just that he can coach. And he never had oh, – yeah. he never had talent like Alabama when he was at Mississippi State. Uh, this time he's going to have much better talent. I don't not that not better talent than Alabama, but better than he had at Mississippi State. That's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Um, but I think I think when it's all said and done, Alabama will probably beat them just like they beat Texas A and M. If Texas A and M beat Florida, I think Alabama will probably beat Florida by a couple of scores. But I think Florida will be able to hang in there. Yeah, we got to hit Kyle Trask. We got to put them in the dirt. We got to hit them hard. And, and I like the physicality of this LSU game that Alabama was playing with. They were hitting hard. 
Mm-hmm. It was bringing the wood. And uh, <laughs> I like seeing that. That's old school band of football. That's, that's, that's how you get teams to quit right yeah. there. You just start hitting them, hitting them hard. You just keep hitting them like that the whole game. You don't let up. That's what we got to do to Florida. That's what we got to do to the quarterback. Just keep hitting them. Even though if he gets the ball away. I mean, if he's releasing that ball, smack him. Yeah. You know, put, get him dirty. Yeah. You know, so uh, – but uh, anyway, uh, well, you know, good show, man. Enjoy thanks, Skip, show, and go Love buy it. that uh, that buffet, the Casey Jones train buffet for me up there in Jackson. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, man, the owner just passed away. Really, uh, Clark Shaw. So, yeah, our prayers go to him and his family. But uh, yeah, that is definitely a, a a hot spot here in West Tennessee, up here in Jackson, Tennessee. You know, I'm originally from Geneva, Geneva, Alabama. Okay, I had to move up here for a job, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, old country store. That's kind of a, yeah, a that's hot cool. spot here. If anybody, but, uh, yeah, the owner just passed away. I hate to hear that. Yeah, Jackson has a ton of Alabama fans, and it's in you know it's over in between Memphis and Nashville, and there's a mm-hmm. uh, the guy that the you know the Casey Jones poem that they turned into a song. It was like a famous song back in the day. They have like a, a, a little like I don't it's it, it, what do you describe? It? It's like a museum and they got little shops uh-huh. in there and then they have like you can eat in the train cars if you want and then they got like a, a big buffet and it's a really good home cooking type place. The kids would love going. I always go when I'm there. So um, I know Jackson well. So well, thanks for calling Skip and uh, Roll Tide. Yes, sir. Roll Tide. Have a good one. You too. All right. One more call before we uh, bid you farewell tonight on our call-in show. And I'm just going to bring on uh, Christian from Florida just because you hung in there so long with us. Christian, uh, how you doing? And uh, let's get into this. What do you think about this uh, race for Heisman? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. First off, roll tide. And as we're in December, happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, Really love, obviously, what I've seen from the tide this year. And this Heisman race, man, Got to give a butt ton of credit to Kyle Trask. And obviously, I mean, it, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like Trevor Lawrence, a few years ago as a freshman, what he did to Alabama, going into his sophomore year last year, Heisman front runner has a couple bad games here there, even though he ended up winning them all, you know, and it was Joe Burrow that won the Heisman. And now we're sitting here. Like, how does Trevor Lawrence not get a Heisman? Um, unless something awesome happens between now and then, which I really don't think would happen. How does Tua not get a Heisman? But yet this kid from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, now, remind me, Mac Jones, he was a three-star recruit, correct? Uh, yes. Three-star, I think. Yeah. Now he's a, he's looking like a five-star dropping dimes on the football field every week, competing with a Florida quarterback for a Heisman here in 2020 and it's just it's incredible and i like that i i don't know how i feel about this i think the ceremony's been pushed to after the season or whatever but either way i mean we're gonna find out who's really the heisman winning quarterback uh come december 19th i'm excited for it i've been waiting on florida and alabama for a couple years now after georgia's been winning the east and it's going to be a heck of a showdown. And I think when you look at this matchup, um, you know, it. I would not be surprised if Florida put some points up on the board. As much as I love how Bama's defense is getting better every week, don't be surprised what you might see on the scoreboard if they put up like 20-something points or whatever 
when it's all said and done. But uh, what do you think? Could it come down to the wire in this game? Yeah, I mean, sure it could. You know, Florida's got Trask and and they've got um, Pitts. Bama's got Matt Jones um, and they got Devontae and they got Najee. Um, You know, Florida's getting better and better. They've got – they're weak on defense, and I think that's going to eventually hurt them. But, you know, Alabama's going to give up some points, too. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, look, they, they gave up some big plays to LSU, who doesn't really have that good of an offense. You know, they they, they got uh, lambasted by uh, Ole Miss. But then there were a lot of games where they made a ton of plays, including Texas A&M, which yeah. has turned out to be a huge win, and mm-hmm. Auburn, which is always a huge win. I know it doesn't count for anything this year. But, <laughs> you know, Auburn um, can can move the ball. They got a good quarterback. So, yeah, I think look, Kyle Trask is going to get he's going to get his points. It's all going to come down to the defensive line. If if Alabama wants to keep Florida from scoring, and if they want Mac Jones to win the Heisman Trophy, then that defensive line is going to have to just continue to 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 you know you're going to have to win four those four on five battles up front um, because it's yeah. going to take those extra guys in the secondary it. to cover. Yeah, and they can't have what they had against Ole Miss, which. I don't want to say it was a fluke or anything, but it definitely was a wake-up call, and they've gotten better each week since then. And looking at this matchup, and again, I know there's one or two games left for each team prior to the game, but I, I was kind of thinking while I was on hold, and, you know, this this game is obviously hyped up pretty well. Um, and I'm kind of looking back to 2009, with Tebow and McElroy, and the only thing different between that in 09 and this one is they didn't play each other the year before outside of that man, the quarterback matchup, Heisman, uh, and and just Natty, you know, national title implications. Everything's at stake. Yeah, still a couple weeks out, but it's going to be a heck of a game. Thanks for taking my call. Roll Tide and happy holidays. Hey, thanks a lot, Christian. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you're going to wrap up the uh, call-in show tonight, and uh, it's been fun talking to all you guys about Alabama football. And I really appreciate everyone that's been here tonight, um, LSU fans. We got to let you off the hook and start moving on to Arkansas. We've had our fun. Twenty-four hours is about up, but um, let me play this one more time, though, just because I, I because tomorrow it's going to be. You know, Coach Saban's not going to want me to play this again. We're going to have to be thinking of the Hogs, but just, just for old times' sake. Yeah, there's a graphic, kind of the the follow-up graphic there. 55 points are the most by the Crimson Tide in any game against LSU in series history. Okay. Uh, We got next year, though. Maybe maybe next year for Ed. But, look, all you guys, I appreciate it, whether you're Alabama fans, LSU fans, Florida, Ohio State, for hanging on with us tonight. This uh, show, we're going to do it again tomorrow with Monday Night Quarterback at 6 o'clock. I'll have the whole gang with us, Kyle uh, I'm, I, this is who I think is going to be on the show. It'll be Kyle and Tony and Trey, but it might not be. At least me and Kyle 
or Kyle and I. Um, and um, we'll talk Alabama football. You got Tuesday where Kyle and Andrew Bone will update you on recruiting. I wonder if anything's changed in recruiting, you know, now that, that you know, Alabama trounced LSU uh, because, you know, maybe there's some guys like Sage Ryan that are going, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, do I really want to go play with this guy when I can go play there? I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, Bone will have us updated on that and everything else going on in the world of recruiting. Uh, you got Kyle's. He'll do his call-in show on Wednesday. I'll be back on Thursday uh, with Andrew Bone. Then we got the Bama Insider Tailgate Show on Friday. We're going to be at the Floor Bama, the Floor Bama, which is in Orange Beach, Perdido Key again this week. Six to eight, we'll be in that main stage area when you go in there. Come hang out, man. Come out. I'm going to put the show on the speakers. You guys can sit out there and hang out, drink some bushwhackers, throw a uh, yingling uh, in, in your on your table. Uh, use a chaser of screwball, peanut butter, whiskey. That's what we do on Friday nights, and then we get you ready for Alabama, Arkansas. Quick turnaround, though. Remember, that's a quick turnaround because that game is coming on at 11 on Saturday, Alabama, Arkansas, and then it'll be all about the Crimson Tide and the Florida Gators. But look, uh, drop today is uh, my brand new podcast with uh, Coach Max Howe. He was a recruiting coordinator for Bobby Bowden, and it's free. Just go to the Bama Insider page you on um, uh, uh, Spotify and Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. Max and I get together every Sunday, and we go through the big stories in college football, break it all down for you. So uh, that dropped today. Uh, go pick it up and and you know give you a little more taste of college football. Uh, but Bama Insider, the Max uh, and Mick podcast, that's what that is, and uh, we really appreciate all you guys. But thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, again, from down here in gorgeous Fairhope, roll tide.